What's up, y'all? Welcome to Two Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, action figures, cartoons, comic books, anime, and more. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson. We got Richard Wilson. And our resident Batman fan isn't here because he hasn't seen Womp, womp, womp. So we kicked him off the show for the evening. There we go. That's how we handle it. How you guys doing? How's your week? What are you watching? What are you playing? What are you reading? What's going on? I don't even know if I've watched anything this week. Hang on a minute. Pause. Rewind. Did I? I don't think so. I watched the Batman movie. I know that for sure. Whoa. I guess we're going to talk about that later. Tell you what pickups I got this week, though. Lars just shaking his head. Because you're a hater. We'll get there. Yo, man, don't be like that. I picked up my Berserker number seven, my Keanu Reeves comic. It's a shiny foil cover. Number seven just popped out, so I had to pick that up. Picked up my Peach Peach Momoko. You got a Wolverine cover. And, oh, I'll tell you what I did watch. I just remembered. I watched Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness trailer in the movie theaters which was pretty eventful for me. And I picked up the Strange number one, which I guess we're getting a female Doctor Strange now. Yeah. She is very white, so it's not that diverse. And then, of course, I got my Strange Academy pickups. They're on issue number 16 now. That's pretty much been my week. Sounds like a good week to me. Rich, what have you been up to? Uh, nothing. Just um, the usual playing Forza Horizon Five. That's pretty dope. I mean, usual stuff. Now we're in Mexico, so uh, hmm? the the game is set in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Really? Everyone, everyone was hoping that'll be in Japan, but you know they, they said not. Nah, our neighbors to the uh to the south there. Japan <laughs> is always a fun setting for games. It is. I would. I would. That would have been dope driving around Japan, but Mexico's pretty dope too. Get to drive around the volcanoes and whatnot, and all these deserts and Mayan uh, temples or not temples, uh, ruins. Mm. That's cool. So yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, Destiny Two, as usual. I really haven't been watching anything. Um, you watched something? Yes, you did. I mean, yeah, but we're going to talk about that. You watched Guardians of Justice? Oh yeah. See, <laughs> I tried to, I tried to block it on my memory. Yeah, I watched Guardians of Justice and. Uh, did you finish it? Did you get through the I did not. I did not. No. I, st- I stopped partway through because I started falling asleep. And I was like, this is like sometimes stuff like that is kind of like my thing if it's done right. But it's like, this is weird. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm not for this. But it is like a dark kind of like satire, like uh, Justice. Genre. Yeah, Justice. Yeah. Like Justice, a little bit of you know, Marvel in there. They, they had like a, a fake Spider-Man. Yeah, they did. They, you got pretty far. Did I? I think isn't that like I think that's at least episode four, right? Or three? Yeah, I think it might be on like five. I mean, that's wow. that's pretty far into something you're bowing out of. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the, I'm the guy that got to I have to keep watching. I got to see how it ends now. No, you got to finish oh, it. Got to finish it. <laughs> that and uh, what did I look at? Oh, I, I rewatched Monster Hunter the movie. Hmm. Don't know why. It was bad when I first watched and, it. And because, rewatched it. Yes, I rewatched it. I'm like, let me give it another <laughs> try. And no, uh, it's still bad. It's still bad. It's it's like one of those movies where they try to add all the elements of a video game in it. And it's, it's just not right. Well, what's, what, what's that balance? Because that's such a balance, right? If, if you don't do enough, then the fans hate you because you're not doing the game. Right. If you do too much, 
it's like it's you're doing way too much. The story can't handle it. Like, what's what's that balance? Have we had a great video game movie that found the right? Yeah, Mortal Kombat one. Yeah. Wait, Rich does not agree with you. Super Mario? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. When are I we wanna... getting Zelda, man? That's a good question. We should have that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, let's destroy one more franchise. Let's just do it. I guess no. Sonic is not the game. It's complete. Yes. Well, you're right. It's not, but it, but it feels right. Right. For irony. But they did the write irony. By, they did right by Sonic by redesigning them. I like how they did that because that Hell's first it. design was straight shooting trash. It, Sonic is weird, right? Because Sonic did the thing that back in the day, Masters of the Universe people were pissed off with, which is mm-hmm. they took He-Man out of Eternia and brought him to like Los Angeles or whatever yeah. because it's easier to have him here than shoot. Eternia. Well, Sonic, they did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but Sonic just in Sonic Land might as well just be the cartoon version, which we've seen. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess we or, or it'd be like enough. Pokemon, you know? Yeah. Which actually, the Pokemon movie was not terrible. Yeah, I, I haven't seen I wasn't that. mad about the Pokemon movie. It wasn't, wasn't mad. Mm. And it was fun to see all the characters. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let me, in my week, I did watch some stuff. I watched that last Bond movie on the airplane, No Time to Die. And which have you seen this? No, not yet. So I won't spoil it. Um, it was okay. It was it was a cool Bond film. Mm. It, it for me, it wasn't what I thought the last Daniel Craig Bond movie would be. Like I get why they did what they did, but it's like I don't know. It, it just didn't. It didn't rub, rub me the right way. But it's always it's dope right. to see him. I don't want to spoil it, but I, I I thought it was still cool to see him be Bond. I did I did finish Guardians of Justice. Okay. And Why? Jack, there's two kinds of people in this world, man. Yeah. And some Correct. of us gotta finish what we start. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They they call masochist. Yes. And I'll tell you, wait, let, let me break this down to you though. The idea of it is kind of brilliant. You have this Superman-like character who cannot stop hearing all the cries. So he pretty much takes a kryptonite bullet and commits suicide. So it starts off like Watchmen, like a comedian's dead. And there's this mystery of like, did he commit suicide or did he not? Like the idea of it is like, oh, that's pretty interesting. And I just no, feel a key element to me is like, not, he didn't just commit suicide. He did it live. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like throughout the like nationwide on TV. Like, like, like he, he monologued how, how, how crazy it is and how painful it is. And he kills himself on live television. Yeah. Um, I think like I actually think this would have been a doper uh, animated movie mm-hmm. because they, they had to cut a lot of corners because you, they didn't have the money like that. Well, they were kind of like going in and out of like different like like shooting style. Like some parts of it was anime, some parts of it was like live action, and like they were yeah. like jumping in and out of things. When they would do the animation, I'd be in, and when they yeah. would cut back to live action, and they just didn't have the budget, <laughs> it was like what. But um, yeah, and I saw I started I finished Diabolical. I like oh, that. Oh yeah, I watched that too. I forgot. And then I got some pickups. Went to the comic book store today, and I picked up this joint. I just thought it would look dope. It's called Black Hammer Reborn. It does look sick. I saw Very it. Kick assy. It is. That's what made me think about it. And basically, what you say, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Name on my sex tape. There you go. <laughs> Black Hammer Reborn. Wow. Part one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, basically, it's about this woman, Lucy, who she's married with children and stuff, and she picked up the mantle of Black Hammer, who's a part of these superheroes who died, like, in the 80s. 
And, and when you look through it, it feels, it does feel like kick-assy. Like it's a real person in a real world who has these powers. I picked up my static because you know I'm on this static shot kick milestone. Please check it out. Got issue six. Oh, did you see uh, Radiant Red? I read, yeah, I read that. And I picked up this bad boy. Oh, you did? Rogue Sun, baby. Yes. Well, how is that? I, I got it today. I don't know yet. Oh, you got to <laughs> let me know. I will. We, we, we dropped that on the gram. I did not see that one in the comic shop. It was like the last that. one left in my mother. These might be going. But basically, Actually, I might want to take care of that. I'm going to finger the mess out of it. Well, never mind then. <laughs> Frito right. There you right. go. But basically, Rogue Sun is connected to Radiant Black, and they basically came out with Supermassive, which is establishing um, different yes. characters, maybe multiverse. I haven't read that yet either. It's, it's all piling up. But those are my pickups. Rich, I got a question for you, man. What is it? Why does Batman wear a mask? Why does Batman wear a mask? This is for you, Jack. Because the citizens of Gotham aren't morons, like those idiots over in Metropolis. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, he puts a curl in his hair. You all the people right that, that he puts curl. A curl in his hair and takes the glasses off. Little Different activator, curl. glasses Yo, off. How funny would it be if Batman wore glasses? <laughs> Not Bruce Wayne, Batman. And that's his whole identity. It's just he just puts on glasses. He's like, it works for Clark. And then beat people up. That is fair. What, what does your shirt say, Rich? Oh, since we were talking about the Batman, I put on my, my Lego Batman. And it says, <laughs> I only work in black and very, very dark. Yes. Yeah, it's great. And the lettering of the black is in Legos. That yeah. Is, that is dope. And it also gets, as it gets to the very, very dark gray, it's in like dark gray. It's in dark. It is in very oh, yeah. dark gray. Yeah. I'm not wearing anything, but I am sipping out of my Batman mug. Nice. And I'm wearing the only appropriate superhero shirt when talking about Batman. Hater. Hate <laughs> her. He's wearing, are you wearing a Superman hat too? No. Okay. See? You know what I forgot? I just looked over to the side and my pickup, I, I forgot that I bought when I was in, I bought a table. That's where I'm on right now. I bought a little folding table and I bought a bat, the bat cycle from the bat. Nice. Yo, that is sick. Is that, that's what is Hot Wheels. Nice. Yeah, Hot Wheels. Yeah. It's pretty it's dope, a really though. bad design for a bike. I mean, it's like a cafe racer, but I, I liked it. It's got like sharp edges pointed towards your chest while you're driving at high speeds, though. I mean, the way you're supposed to sit is like your head is supposed to be in between those edges. So you should be good. Yeah, so it just takes your head off and leaves the rest of your body. I mean, listen. If, you're, cra- if you're crashing in that thing. Yeah, like you're getting flown off anyway. So <laughs> you're, you're done. Right. You're done. You're done. Um, let's go down the street. Make a right at the light, a left at the corner, and that brings us to the collector's corner. It's show and tell time. Here at the collector's corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something off our bookshelf, something out of our video game case, and we showcase it to the world. It can be sentimental or worth millions of dollars. What you got, man? What you got? What you got? What you got? Since I watched Monster Hunter, I I looked at my shelf. I'm like, let me talk about these. I hope I didn't already. But my pops, I got The Hunter from Monster Hunter. Uh Uh-huh. Like the main guy. Um, Generic, generic hunter. But like he has the the legendary or the the iconic uh, broadsword. Big giant sword. Boom. Sick. Can't see him in there. Yeah. And then I got uh, my, my Rathalos. Which I, I I passed over a bigger version of this, and I I need to find it again because I kind of regret not getting it. But yeah, Rathalos, he's a kind 
kind of like the main the main uh monster to hunt within within the world but he's like nice. you see him on the cover of everything man them monster hunter b pops well done rich jack what you got well when i was uh getting my pickups this week i saw this little grogu <laughs> Which I got rich one, and when I saw him on the shelf, and I took another look at it, I said, you know what? That looks so good. I want one, too. So I got myself a little Grogu, and then I said, you know, the reason I got rich Grogu is because he had that cool Mandalorian and felt like he needed his companion. So then I was like, I got to go get myself a Mandal. So I got the Mandalorian. Oh, that is sick. Nice. And then I was like, you know what? He's missing my favorite weapon of his. So I made him a custom dark saber. Ooh. How'd you make that? I I had a I had a Ronin warrior sword from back in the day that I've had since you know the nineties, mm. and I painted it black and then I edged it up with white out around the edges so it looked like yeah. it was kind of glowing. Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's dope. My pickups this week, yo, I went all in on the Batman, and as you guys know. I already have the Robert Pattinson Batman figure from McFarlane, but he needs something to ride. Ooh, you got that dangerous bike. The Bat Cycle, which is dope. It pairs really well with him. It actually comes with a hand because Pattinson didn't come with two hands that can grip, so it comes with an extra hand. And the detail on this bad boy, the wheels are actually rubber. It's just an amazing... um, recreation of what's in the movie and then i said you know what you need a bad guy i haven't opened him yet i picked up the Ooh. riddler all right which does he come with a uh does he come with a coffee mug like a latte mug no but he comes with the sickle thing that he used to kill people jack yeah, the carpet puller yes the carpet puller <laughs> it's the coffee <laughs> mug your main thing like what jack is just trying to pop shots at this movie and he doesn't have much low-hanging fruit to use so he has to grab the coffee mug but no this is the riddler i'm gonna pick up catwoman i wasn't going to but i am i they got the the mask wrong on the figure it was probably an early design they made but uh those probably look better without the mask well they have one with the mask rolled up but yeah. that's one of the figures that's like you know hard to get and do you want to spend like an extra 15 bucks on it on ebay but dope Pick up, guys. I think it's time for some news. Time for the news. Yo, so it's been a while since we had this movie come out, but it looks like we're getting an I Am Legend sequel starring Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan. The original writer of the script is coming back to write. I don't think there's any details about the story or plot, but we're getting the, the first vehicle of Michael B. Jordan and Will Smith in I Am Legend 2. Uh, I'm assuming a prequel? I have no idea. Because he died, right? Yeah, he died. died. Yeah. I don't know. Unless he turns into a vampire at the end of it. I don't think a grenade is going to help. No, he blew them all up. But did we see see it in the shot? Did we see him actually blow up? I mean, he had the grenade. The the, um, vampire broke through the glass and came at him. And then, boom. Well, my question is, why? And I guess if they answer that question, it might be a decent film. We said that about the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't answer it well. So They did not. But speaking of the Matrix, Keanu Reeves, a trailer just dropped for DC League of Super Pets, and we got to hear Keanu Reeves' first take as Batman. He is Batman in it, and he actually sounds freaking dope. It's funny because you have him and Bat Hound is Kevin Hart. 
and they're like going back and forth about how they're both loners and don't work with people. And, you know, and that's how they kind of like, will you be my friend? Um, it the looks problem like with that trailer, though, it's like it's like most trailers. They show you the best part. Now, don't forget that that movie is going to be about the pets. That that trailer was about Superman and Batman. And yeah. that's why it looked fun. Yeah. But we don't know. Who knows how much Superman and Batman we're going to get in this? Who knows? True. But I, Ish. In 2022, we're getting four renditions of Batman in the same year. Keanu Reeves, Michael Keaton, Robert Pattinson, and Ben Affleck. We have a lot of different versions of Batman. Batman makes money, baby. And he's gotta and he's gotta be in the trailer the week the Batman drops. Like this is just marketing. It's gotta happen. <laughs> Raymond Lee will star in NBC's Quantum Leap reboot. Man, not a, an original idea in this whole town. Nope. In this yeah. reboot revival, his character described as a world-renowned physicist and also man of faith. The show takes place 30 years after Sam disappeared. So it's also like a sequel series. Sam disappeared into the, the, the time travel quantum machine. And I guess he's going to go on a similar journey where he gets stuck in the late 1980s with amnesia. And it was very interesting. The 80s period yeah. piece, huh? How old do you feel right now? <laughs> you know what else they're rebooting is um, early edition. Remember that? It was about the new the guy finds a newspaper from the future and it changes every day. So he's trying to, you know, save lives and rewrite history one day at a time, essentially. Try to do good. I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Yeah. Kind of yeah, I think it was a nineties show or early two thousands. The rebooting. Okay. Well, get it in. I mean, IP is where it's at. Um Last bit of news, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the Batman yet. Now it's time for you to pause because this news is spoiler related. In a draft of the Batman movie, there was a scene that was cut out. The scene is basically like Batman is having a hard time dealing with the Riddler. He hasn't dealt with something like this before. So he wants to go and talk to a serial killer that he has dealt with before to get some insight via Silence of the Lambs. And the scene was him talking to a, a pre-Joker in the film. He says that it didn't feel necessary. It was one of those scenes where given how complex the narrative was by taking it out, it kept the story moving the way it needed to. It's not an Easter egg scene. It's one of those scenes. It's not one of those MCU Marvel DC scenes where it's going like, hey, here's the next movie. He said he wasn't trying to do anything like that. Man, I'm so glad they cut that scene. Why? And we're not talking about the movie, so I think it's unfair that you brought this up for the news. Also to make our audience have to go uh, pause or leave or miss the debate or something. But since you brought it up. I don't write the news, man. I I can't believe you just said that. Like, he wanted to avoid the MCU thing, but then the end of the movie was that cheap-ass Joker moment? Why was it cheap? we'll get to that why it was cheap when we actually talk about the movie but why not pick a different character like calendar man or some bullshit like that why like, can't who it was be- he talking to in the long halloween why can't it be the joker it could be the joker but then don't say that it's not to set up some movie like the mcu because we know exactly what that last scene of this thing was which is probably also why they cut that but scene. He- but he's this scene was batman's after honestly serial that killer. last scene might have batman's after a serial killer yeah so he goes to talk to a serial killer he's dealt with to get insight via Silence of the Lambs. That doesn't sound like MCU to me. 
Yo, that's, I just I rolled like my scene. eyes so hard. My Jack, Jack. But you, wait, wait, wait. So, so, you're telling, you're, so you're telling me that, a, that an investigative detective goes to sit down with a serial killer in prison. He's put away to gain insight on how the mind works to catch another serial killer. That that's ludicrous. That that's unheard of. I, I didn't say that at all. I then said, why, why pick? I said, why pick the Joker? Why not pick the Joker? Why would you, Rich, why would you choose the, so, so the Joker <laughs> is the highest grossing rated R movie of all time, but you're not going to choose the Joker because of reasons? Well, honestly, maybe it would have made that ending scene feel better. And now we're, now we really are into the review. We weren't talking about the ending scene. We were talking about the news that came out. You jumped the gun. Hard not to talk to the about end the of the movie. You talk about the movie. Hey, man, I don't write the news. I just tell it. I have never heard about the calendar man until the long Halloween. And even then watching him like, who the hell is this guy? So, so Rich, if if this scene wasn't cut, how would it have felt like in the middle of this movie, Batman stops to talk to the calendar man? (laughs) I'm like, why Why is he talking to this guy? So, so uh, yeah, Jay, I don't think your rewrite works. Who's the guy who always cuts himself every time he kills Exactly. You don't know his name. SARS so you, fans. Batman has a vast rogues gallery, and you're going to choose people we don't know. Well, listen, honestly, reasons. I think that scene would have helped. It would have made that last scene not feel like trash. So maybe they should have kept it. And you know why they shot it in the first place? Knowing they shot it, knowing they were going to cut it so they could drop that there's a scene. Now people well, have a, they didn't shoot people it. have a reason did. to get the DVD. Oh, I can see that one deleted scene that's three minutes long. And why is that a problem? It's not. It's just. <laughs> like, why is this? <sighs> I can't believe they shot that Joker Batman scene. How dare they in a Batman movie? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, we, so I'm, I'm loving this energy because it sends us right into the debate. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say nothing. Let's get into this debate, gentlemen. Let's get ready. What are your five best comic book movies? Not your favorite, but you believe are the best. This, this, this is a big one. This the is tough. One. How do you say what the best? The best. Is? Your bet. The best. Because Chris, Chris was here, he would say Batman 89. I say you're full of crap. That's your well, favorite. That is not the best. The Dark Knight is definitely top five. Um, I Batman begin, but it, I, it probably falls six. But Dark Knight, uh-huh. definitely. Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh-huh. No question. I would put Infinity War and Endgame as one movie. Can't. Although it's two movie, Can't. but it's one story. It's one it's arc. Seven hours. It's one arc. The so is the Snyder Cut. Dude, nah, that's, those are two movies. Two nah, movies. It's one movie. It's two movies. One's okay, called fine. Infinity War. One's called Endgame. Right. So Infinity Game. And uh, I would put the Snyder Cut on the list if I was making a list with the Snyder Cut involved. But if uh, Endgame Infinity War doesn't work, then this 10-hour film probably doesn't fit the criteria either. Well, one of them is one movie. <laughs> but one there were two, two attempts at it. You're right. So now I've got to toss up between four. Iron Man, the first Spider-Man, X-Men, the first hey. one. But I'm going to go with Superman 78. That flag on the play. That's, that's not, the, flag best. On the, play. That's not a, the best. It's an opinionated question, and there's my opinion. Thus, without this wonderful movie, although did it withstand the test of time? I think we might have been no, pretty No, but you're saying that movie is better. A better movie than Iron Man. It's oh, a better movie. Down. It's a. <laughs> yeah. All what? right. Hang on. Hang on. All right. To quote my buddy. Uh, mic check. No, you don't mic get the check. mic check. You don't get the <laughs> mic check when you're wrong. You don't get the mic check when you're wrong. Rich, what you got, man? Number one would be The Dark Knight. Uh, number two, Spider-Man Far From Home. 
or no way home excuse me my number three black pantar mm. mm-hmm. just waiting for it no my number four is logan mm, okay what what mm. i think it's fine <laughs> it's fine i can't be mad at that i mean my, where's dead i'm waiting for deadpool number one yeah De- deadpool's not gonna be on here first i already said number one wait wait what? wait you put logan before deadpool i put logan before deadpool what wow <laughs> it was like the end of a of, of a you know of like iconic role in my opinion it was but like was the movie itself altogether like better than what did it it is set out to do better than what Deadpool set out to do. Wow. Wow. Maybe not. It's my list. Shut up. It's my list. <laughs> um, my number five, I have Unbreakable. Just Interesting. I like, but I also have Into the Spider-Verse. I'll put maybe un, uh, Unbreakable as a... Um, Honorable? A, as a because it's not Honorable. a comic book. Although it's comic book inspired, it's not necessarily a comic book movie. It's so. comic book now. It is. Yeah, comic book now, yeah. After. Retro. M. Night Shyamalan was able to do whatever he wanted to do, where all the other directors still had to follow like some sort of blueprint. Um, but all right, all right. I'm really shocked about Deadpool. I would have said Deadpool's on your list. Easy. I would have been be like, like oh. that'd be like Chris not having Venom on his list. So weird. <laughs> oh, I would have lit him up oh, for that. Hey, well, let's let's hypothesize. What do we think Chris's list is? Venom. Venom. Venom two. Venom two. <laughs> Batman 89. Batman, Batman 89. 89. Uh-oh. What else does he rave about? Blade? Maybe Blade. <laughs> and and like uh, Catwoman or Daredevil? No, he still would have said No Way Home. Yeah, you're right. That's you it. You no Way Home. Him. We can't yeah. play him uh, that hard. No, nah, you're right. You're right. You're right. We've been... <laughs> <laughs> we should ask him next he, he time. He might have put him. Venom 3 on there, even though it ain't even a thing yet. Because it's, it's going to be a thing. <laughs> Man, no hate on Venom, but we talking about the best. Um, my list is uh, a note order: The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just has to be there. Spider Man: No Way Home, because yep. oh my gosh, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. I really like that. Yeah, Winter Soldier was, was the one that was great. different than the other ones, and it was just it, it dealt with it was the most grounded one in 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 those earlier Phase yeah. Two movies. Um, because it was a spy espionage film. Yeah, and they showed you how you can have a Boy Scout in a real gritty world without making the Boy Scout have to be dark. Yeah. DC Comics, we're talking to you. Sp- into the Spider-Verse, just because it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and his number five. Honorable mention first okay. is my first honorable mention is... um His first of 10. Here we first go. Of this 10. is why five is hard. Snyder Cut is an honorable mention. I'll say that. I feel like, although I enjoyed it, Zach, you had an unfair disadvantage and advantage to make yeah. this movie that the other filmmakers, of course, did not get. And uh, and Spider-Man 2 is an honorable mention, because Spider-Man 2 is pretty great. Pretty, sure. pretty great. Um, dude, y'all going to hate me for this. The Batman is my number five. Are you talking about the film we just watched? Yes. You talking about the one that just came out? Yes. Top five, top five best Comic book movies ever. Yes, Jack, the Batman is better than Superman 78. Okay, but I just want to confirm <laughs> that you're talking about the Batman movie that just came out that you watched like a day ago. Is one His top uh, five best top five best movies yes, absolutely. of all time. Absolutely. Matter of oh, fact, okay. if I if I were to say the Batman movie to flipping the page is probably the most seamless out of all the movies we're talking about. 
You thought this one was better than Batman Begins? Yes. I thought Batman Begins is overrated. Very overrated. But but not a better film? I thought Batman Begins didn't have aesthetic. I thought the tone was kind of weird. I thought that Batman being a ninja is kind of weird. I thought that him getting all his tech from Lucius Fox is kind of weird. Batman Begins, to me, is a good movie, but it's great because it came after George Clooney's Batman. It's great because where it came out in time, like Batman 89. It was great because it's good, but it's also great because it came after Adam West. So Batman Begins is, 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 is I've, I recently rewatched it. It's, 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 it's okay. It's good. It's not the dark. It's not the dark night. It's not what that does. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yes. He's raising his hand for those who can't see, which is everyone. What is preventing us from talking about the film at this point? Yes, we're done with the debate. That is the debate. Let's talk about this movie. I think it's time to get to the reason why we're here. It's It's time time for the the main main event. event. Gentlemen, I want to do this one differently. There is way too much movie to recap and unpack. So let's just talk about it as we go. We'll start from the beginning and we'll just jump in as we go on. That'll just make it easier. So, spoiler alert, we're going into Matt Reeves' The Batman. Movie opens up with Ave Maria playing. Yo, movie opens up with maybe the best opening to any of the Batman films to date with this gruesome murder. But to music that is like sad and beautiful in the beginning. Ave Maria may be one of the most overplayed musical scores in cinematic history, but yes, they open up to Ave Maria. Is it though? Because I've never heard it in a superhero movie. But you heard it about a million other movies. And actually, you did hear it in a superhero movie because they played the shit out of it in a movie called Hitman. Hitman's not a superhero movie. And video game superhero. Uh, It's not really a superhero movie. But I will say that what I thought was so brilliant about Matt Reeves is that most Batman movies open up with the criminal committing a crime. The Joker in the Dark Knight. Uh, they, they almost get mugged in Batman 89. Like most Batman movies open up with a crime taking place. But he found a way to make this feel different. The tone felt different. It felt kind of horror. Kind of felt like Seven a little bit, which I thought was pretty dope. Well, that's essentially this movie. This movie, since it's we're not seven. doing a recap. Here's a, wait, here's a, a quick recap. The movie yeah. villain is the Riddler. Yes. All right, there. That's the recap. You need to understand the context of the film, right? It's Batman of the Riddler. There's your recap. This movie is basically Seven meets the Arkham video games. Meets Earth One meets Long Halloween. Yes, that's fair. Um, Long Halloween mixed with Seven mixed with the Arkham video games. Earth yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Sprinkled that's about. So, yeah. And then we go into like Gotham. And Bruce's, you hear Bruce's narration. Guys, I love this part because first for me, this this is the best looking Gotham City I've ever seen live action. 100% agree. Like, the level of grime, dirt, trash. Yeah. Even when the mayor's like giving her speech or the guy's giving his speech, like there's this whole wave of trash over the steps. Excuse my language. Gotham's a shithole. Like this, like, like yeah. if, if there's ever a place where I could imagine a detective being okay working with a guy dressed as a bat costume, only in freaking Gotham. Yeah. Like, Gotham is trash. And, yeah. Can we talk about Jeffrey Wright, how phenomenal he is in this film? Oh, really? Like, yes. hands down, best Gordon to... And, 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 and that's that, hard and to there's say. A, 
And that's hard to say. It's almost impossible to say. Yeah. But his Gordon is so, so incredibly captivating and likable. And it's like, this is, this is Jeffrey Wright at his finest. Let me ask you guys this. What, because I was trying to think like, he's my favorite Gordon, but it's hard for me to figure out. Like he's not better. His isn't better than Gary Oldman's. Like they're both amazing Gordons, but what makes his Gordon? Well, he had, he, because we're looking at a seven movie where basically we have Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman going through the film. We got Robert Pattinson and and Jeremy Rush going through the film. Get to see this Gordon actually do. Well, he had, it's, it's like, it's the reason why this wasn't my favorite Alfred, Mm -hmm. you know? Because Michael Caine just had so much more meat. Well, this Gordon just had so much more stock in the film. I'm glad you brought that up. Because when when I finished it, I was like, we didn't get a whole lot of Alfred. But then I thought to myself, you can't get both. Like, either Batman's partner's Alfred or his partner's going to be Gordon. Like, I like the Alfred stuff we got. Like oh, it's him great. And the cipher, and we kind of we got enough. We understood that Alfred played a big part, which is also why it made no sense to me. Like some of the writing in this film was downright maddening to me. The the um, Bruce Wayne going, you're not my father, to Alfred. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that happened at some point when Bruce Wayne was like 12 because he lost his, his parents when he was like 7 or 10 or something, and he, he, he acted out against Alfred when he was a kid. But you're telling me 32-year-old Bruce Wayne had that conversation? I don't buy it. Never, yeah. I wouldn't buy it. And then he goes... And he and Alfred has this great moment where he gives Bruce his cufflinks. And my heart was like, man, this is Alfred. And then Bruce Wayne says this bullshit like you're not a Wayne. Like see, that dialogue was see, so bad to me. I, I I don't I think the execution wasn't what we wanted it to be. It was but, in the script, dude. It was but the I script. no, but I appreciated it because I'm watching Bruce Wayne be a dick on purpose. Like he he knows this is the clerk and we and we and it pays off later for me. Like he knows like this is the closest person to me and all he does is push him away because he's not afraid to die, but he'd be afraid to lose people. So he is obnoxious. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a brat. He's a rich, pompous brat to Alfred. And Alfred, he gets why. And that's why he takes it. Like he gets it. And then I see Bruce when skipping forward, but when Bruce is with Alfred in the hospital, it's like he's finally allowing himself to like have the kind of relationship we expect him and Alfred to have. Yeah. Alfred's blown up at one point in the film. This, wait, wait, this, let's, this let's, conversation let's go back might be kind of hard go, to follow. It is, it is. It's a but we're imagining you guys watch this movie so you can follow us. So we get Bruce Wayne doing this narration, which I loved because it's what's... Loved in- it. I'll tell you the other thing I really loved about the narration part is it makes so much sense that he would have a journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wouldn't be able to to, to 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 memorize like he catalogs every night and it also goes to his obsession. And that yes. and that's and that's why I don't love Batman Begins because or even like Batman in the Nolan trilogies, because that Batman wasn't obsessed enough for me. He was looking for an exit strategy. Harvey Dent, yes. you can take over. I'm waiting for a world where Batman cannot be. This guy is like, I don't even think I'm making a difference, but I still yeah. gotta go out here. Loved it. <laughs> Loved that. Um I also enjoyed the fact that he's like this drifter on a motorcycle. Because I always figured, like, why would Batman stand on rooftops to figure out what's going on? Like, like I get it once he has, like, a satellite giving him no. footage. But being being on the streets and, like, being ground I'm sorry, level, but this, this Batman had a fear of heights. 
this Batman had no point, no purpose being on top of any building. Well, and as a matter of fact, since we're talking about it, and Rich, you better jump in when you got something to say. We're going to steamroll you the whole I mean, evening. We're talking about this, the, the, the drifter part. My thing was like my man had at least two to three wardrobe chains a night. Like, <laughs> how, how annoying would it have been getting in and out of that costume multiple Yo. times a night? Like, come on. Very annoying. But I, but I like that he got on this motorcycle and cruised the streets and made sure that whatever crime he saw, like it was worth his time because he can't be everywhere at once. Oh, so he has to be ground almost like an undercover cop just in the dirt of Gotham until it's time to suit up. I, enjoy, talk, I like that. Can we talk about how one of my favorite things about the film was literally the first two to three minutes of the movie when he's giving the narration and they're so clever about how they set up how Gotham interacted with the mythos of Batman being there. Mm-hmm. And we saw all these crimes happening where the criminal would get caught off guard. They'd maybe see the bat signal or something, and then they'd see like a dark alley or a shadow or something, and they'd get yeah. so spooked that they would stop whatever it was they were doing and opt out of it simply because they wanted no part of that reality because it was a reality for him. And he can be anywhere. I mean, they already committed the crimes. Because, like, the guy that, that was sticking up the, the convenience store, the bodega, he already committed that crime. He came out, saw the bat symbol, was like, oh, I need to get my ass home now. Got spooked. <laughs> it's it's too late now. Well, it's time to get at it. Well, I think, I think that's also what I loved about this movie. And I think it was a little bit more subconscious where it's like, they're scared of the bat signal, but the Batman hasn't worked yet. Crime mm-hmm. is up. They're scared when they see the signal, but they're not scared enough not to do the crime. And Bruce is still trying to figure out, like, how does this really work? Because, which is why I think, like, some criminals see him, and they're like, look at this guy. He's a joke. And then some see him, and they're scared. It's like, he hasn't mastered how to make this fully work to his benefit. Right. Um, Doubling back a little bit, you were talking about Batman not really being the Batman on the rooftops, and I was taking a, a crack at him, because this Batman is terrified of heights. He's got no business being on top of a rooftop. He's not terrified of heights. And as a matter of fact, he just almost at fell one off point, the roof. At one point, there's this <laughs> just... ludicrous scene, and we'll get into the ludicrous scene about how he's in the police station and no one's taking off his mask, but then they want to take off his mask. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. Um, he gets to the top of the police station building, and he's about to jump. And you know what it reminded me of? He wasn't about to wait when he almost fell he or he's about, about to, to jump. He was like, whoa, it's so Because he almost up. slipped. Yeah, okay. I love that. It reminded me of it reminded me of when I went bungee jumping and everything in my mentally I was ready to make the leap, but then everything in my system denied the jump. Like I was mid-jump and my body just went right back down. (laughs) And that's what Batman looked like about to take his leap. And then he like, oh man. Uh, like what was that? That was like a uh Squirrel suit, like an inflatable suit. squirrel suit. Oh yeah, yeah. That somehow, Blue like, suit, yeah, like the logistics of whatever that was and how that worked, I have no idea. And then talk about the most ungraceful crash landing you've seen ever seen Batman do. Kind of cool, kind of cool, like, kind of like, nice. Like I'm confused right now though, because everything you're saying that you're poking fun at, I thought was brilliant, and what and it's what I didn't like about Batman Begins. I didn't like Batman Year One. Being this full functioning Batman who can use his gadgets and he's perfect at it, I like that this guy. Oh, that's not what Batman Year One was. As a matter of fact, that's are you why kidding he kept me? Going. 
That's why he kept going back and getting new stuff. Yes, and he once was he was in the stuff. full bat suit, he was gliding like it was no problem. When he first fights a bunch of bad guys, he was ninjing, hanging upside down. Here's like, what, his here's first what I think Batman been. was like fairly successful, whereas this Batman, he's yes. never, you're watching him go through things for the first time. But but it wasn't year one Batman. Like, so here's what? what in here, two years. It's only year two. Let me ask you this. Would this have played better for you? Imagine instead of seeing what we saw, and what we saw was Batman gets to the top of the rooftop, has to summon his courage because he's a little scared, hits his squirrel inflator suit, and he, then he jumps and makes a pretty horrendous crash landing, which was exciting. Would it have played better for you if he's running up, he gets to the top of the building, and he leaps off the roof? As he's leaped off the roof, he's hitting his parachute squirrel suit thing that inflates as he's already flying you know 30 stories down and that's why the thrill of it would have been more thrilling right we're seeing no 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 action we're seeing him i've seen your idea a million times the parachute that can't open after you jump we've seen a million times this was cool because i don't think he went to jump i think he ran almost slipped and said whoa like we're watching batman process the decisions he has to make in real time what what was gordon thinking I think he's trying to get away. And he's Gordon thinking, said, go to the roof. Right. He's running. So we're watching him process. But why would Gordon send time. him to the roof if he didn't think Batman had a way off the roof? And why would Batman go to the roof not knowing he was going to need a way off the roof? Well, it still doesn't I, mean he's jumped off a roof before. Yeah, I took it, but I took that's it as my he, point. he wasn't, he he wasn't aware that that was a roof, though. Like, he, he was, like, running, 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 running through doors because he told him to go through go through there and freaking, you know, go to the roof. Like, I was thinking, okay, he goes through that, that one door, and then, boom, like, the roof door was going to be there. My man was literally running through the precinct, and yeah. he had to go upstairs. So, like, it was a whole journey to get to the roof. So he probably wasn't aware that that door that he was about to go through was the actual roof. And how close he was to the ledge when he only burst through the door. He's like, holy crap. So I appreciate, like, those things humanize him. So I appreciated, I'm not not mad at a guy standing on the ledge of of a roof that's like, holy crap. And I don't care if you put on the squirrel suit or not. The the velocity and speed at which you're traveling to the ground, I mean, it would have been comedic. If he just did a forward roll and walk like nothing happened, like no, I love the crash. I'm not, I'm not faulting the crash. That was. And then sick, you gotta think but, how many times he actually done it. Like I would imagine this is probably like his first time ha- actually having to do that. Well, he done it enough times to have it. Or you know, Batman always has stuff. Huh? He always has stuff. And and then you're talking, and then we're 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 further, but it's like we'll get here. Let's go back. So. He is he 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 meets those thugs that have like the paint on his their faces and he beats one down and then back oh, the five minutes of the movie. Let me let me say that for those who have not watched yet, this is not your in my opinion, this is not your stealthy hiding in the shadows, Batman. This is your stomping in and beating <laughs> everyone to a pulp, Batman. All right. Yeah. What, what here's what's interesting about that though, right? So he is, he's like, you know, so I'm gonna walk through the club through the front door. <laughs> like like he's that guy on some but it's like he told alfred like i'm not afraid to die and when i was watching him take the machine gun fire we made fun of it and him just walking in it's like yo he's he's trying to get killed like he wants to die tonight and then after his thing with alfred after him like no there's more to this when he goes back when he after that point he's stealthy now mm-hmm. he's not walking through the front i never got the sense he wanted to die anybody who walks through the front door of a mobster's club 
No, but, but, but every time that scene happened for me, I lost Batman. Every time he was in the building with a dozen police officers, I lost yeah. Batman. When he went into Arkham, like he kept compromising his own Batman-ness by putting himself in situations where he was in an enclosed environment and had no control over the land. But see, but here's the thing. In the movie, see, the, there's somebody said this, this amazing thing. We have like headcanon, right? And headcanon is pretty much the cartoons, movies, comic books you read, and it all gets ciphered through your mind, and we all create our version of Batman in our own canon. Comic book-wise, Batman is in the middle of a precinct. He is in an interrogation room. He is, like, he isn't in the shadows so much. He is we, I mean, Yeah, I know, there. and we saw, we saw it in, in The Dark Knight. He's literally in the scene with the Joker. Right. And yet they managed to... There's not many instances in that film when he's in an enclosed environment where he doesn't necessarily have an exit strategy. And this movie, it happens at least a dozen times. He literally, in the dark night, went to go see Maroney in the club, did the same exact thing. Same exact scene. Fought his way through an entire club. Like, enclosed club. Yeah. Like, same exact scene. So... It felt different. Maybe it felt different because we'd seen him do it so many times. Like there's something odd about him being surrounded by a school of police. Yeah, that's weird. Because usually, I mean, again, going to back to the head cannon that you brought up, which is great. Um, usually, when you see Batman, it's just him and like Gordon. You know, he pops up out of the shadow. He's with Gordon, and then he disappears. It depends now because in comic books, he will be in there with the investigation. Like, he will be, he's a part of the guys. And even in the Batman the Animated Series, that's where you get Harvey Bullock going, like, you're a freak. Why is he even here? Like, Batman will be in the middle of their crime scenes. And what I love so much about this movie is that Matt Reeves established that Gotham is so trash that you can buy Gordon saying, like, they said Batman to these guys is like like a shaman, like that consultant mm. that your lead detective is like, y'all know he's the only one I trust. And you know, because you know this city's trash. And it's corrupt on every level. So it was a different take of seeing him. But I, yeah, yeah, Jack, I agree. Like he's walking into the club. Like you literally put yourself in harm's way and, and everybody else in there. But that's where this kid is at. Because he is, I would say, late 20s here, you know, uh, second year of doing this. And I don't think he has too much regard. He's vengeance, if you didn't know that. They oh, say it like a Jesus, million times. Man, it's like too many. <laughs> they said, oh, I hated that. Part of the, Not, I, I, I particularly hated it when the villain said it at the end. The bad guy. I was, was like, cool. no, I like. I didn't mind when the villain. But how? How? Like he says it so much that the whole neighborhood knows I, that that's no, what his. But I, 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 think, I think so. I think I think so. He said it so much. It was odd when he called himself the Batman once. I thought that he called. I was like. His name is Vengeance, and he dresses like a bat. So, okay, backtrack. So Batman saves the guy being pummeled by the guys with paint on their face. We're, and the we're guys back to the first even, 10 minutes of the film. Guy's scared or whatnot. This is a three-hour movie, y'all. This is a three-hour movie. <laughs> so then we get into freaking Bruce Wayne in the Batcave, and you know, he's pretty much summoned by Gordon. Check out this crime scene. and then we get. I this, like this Batcave. Yeah. I like the whole, the fact that it's like a whole Wayne Tower in the middle of Gotham. And the Batcave is like this abandoned Wayne, subway what is station. it, subway station. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty creative. The, yeah. the, the tone and texture of the film was so rich. It was extremely rich. And I really, I really enjoyed Pattinson's Batman. I like that. He's that elements he's, of it. He's, he's a, to me, he was a human being. Because think about this. Like, when you think about Superman, 
He's from Krypton, solar radiation. He's, he's bred to be the best physical whatever because of what he, he has. But this is a guy whose parents died. It could happen to any kid, right? There, there wasn't a physical archetype that had to be in place for you to experience this kind of trauma. So to watch this Bruce Wayne, I like that he Michael Keaton this voice. He didn't push it. It was a whisper. I'm happy he didn't Christian Bale this thing. And he didn't have the tech to do what Batman Affleck's Batman had. The issue I had with it was, you know how we always talk about there's three Batmans? There's Batman out in the streets beating people up in the mask. There's Bruce Wayne, who's the public persona. And then there's the guy who sits in the cave with his cowl off. And that's the real guy. This movie only had that guy in every scenario. And it kind of made it, like he literally had the, his voice was the same. His mannerisms are the same. The physicality was the same. This Batman had this sad emo vibe to him as did Bruce Wayne. And so it was like, it, it would not have been a far stretch to go to, to connect that dot. I, Someone to connect that dot. I actually love that because I think the whole idea of the billionaire playboy, that's something that came out in like in the sixties and the eighties, that idea of he's this, He's this playboy like that. That's an I that that's a part of canon, not the canon. And I think here is especially in Batman Beyond said it here. I, there, there isn't. They said this before. They're wrong. There isn't three Batmans. There's only one Batman and Bruce Wayne, the mask, the guy in the cave, the guy in the cowl is the same person. But you never see. But he's but it's you oh. never see Bruce Wayne. And I the, think and, the mask. And that's what I loved about this movie, because at this point where he is, he doesn't care about Bruce Wayne. He is not at the point in his life where he feels as though Bruce Wayne is useful enough to be in public. So he doesn't he hasn't he hasn't created it yet. But by the end of this movie, we're jumping forward when he sees Batman as a beacon of hope. Maybe he understands, oh, there is good I can do as Bruce Wayne with Wayne Enterprises. So then he forms the Bruce Wayne persona. But right now he's like, I don't need to be Bruce. He says, Alpha, I don't need to be Bruce Wayne. For what? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we maybe. It's either one of two things. It's either a really great opportunity to flush that out in the next film, mm-hmm. or it's a missed opportunity. I think uh, Matt Reeves said like his Bruce Wayne is like a, a, a reclusive rock star. Well, we and, get that. And I think yeah. that once he finds a reason to come out, because even in Batman Begins, Alfred was the one saying you need to make appearances. And then he formed that. So I think there'll have to be an opportunity here where, Bruce Wayne will come out like the mayor was talking to him during the funeral. And she's like, there's so much good you can be doing. But he was Batman the whole time. He wasn't even listening to her. Mm. He was there. He went there as Batman undercover as Bruce Wayne to like find clues. So we so, yeah, I'd be excited to see him form the mask Bruce Wayne, the one that has to be, you know, the face of it all. I'd be interested in that. Um, I always thought that was wrong. I was like, no, the guy in the cave is the guy in the cowl. Like, the the Batman suit is his preferred style of dress. Like, he would rather wear that all the time. In his mind, um, in Batman Beyond, there's an amazing episode where they try to, like, trick uh, Bruce and think he's going crazy. And he was hearing a voice in his head that was his own voice. They're like, Bruce, do this. Bruce, do that. And by the end, he was like, I knew that voice wasn't me. They're like, how? It's because they called me Bruce in my mind. I don't refer to myself mm-hmm. as Bruce. I'm yes. Batman. <laughs> he's insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's, so back to the beginning of the movie. He's on the scene of the crime. He's looking at clues. Yo, them contact lenses. It's freaking brilliant to me. Oh, the contact lenses. All right. So, so people listening, Batman uh, and when he's Bruce Wayne walks around with camera contact lenses that then at the end of his uh, duty, uh, you know, 
Batmaning at the end of the night in the morning, he uploads the video from the contact lenses so he can review it during the day and take notes. Brilliant, dude! Brilliant. So he's that he's is, Batman around the clock. No, that is alien tech right there. What are we talking about? Right <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like that's how are you how are you saving tech. this? It's not going up to the cloud first of all. Like and and it also picks up audio. Like come on, yes. man. So, he but might have had the earpiece doing. But, he, but he here's the have, thing. Here's the thing, Rich. But he here's wouldn't need to like clap it to get it synced up. <laughs> he, he's he's spending time in iMovie so he can rewatch it later. Yeah. Here's what I love about it. That's bro. plot armor. That's plot armor done well, Rich. Yes. Yes. Well, that's exactly what that is. Don't don't get me wrong. I like I love I love the idea of it. It was pretty dope. Like yes, you he can focus on everything and then come back to it and break everything down later at a at a separate time, so he can kind of get more clues and put everything together. Great, I love that. But let's be for real. Yes, yeah. alien tech. But but he, here's what I loved about it, Rich. That it wasn't real because taking machine gun fire, contact lenses like that. That to me, like I said, is what allows you to have a Mister Freeze in a sequel. I'm you couldn't sorry, have a talking Mr. about machine gun fire now. Did you just open that one? Jack, trying to. If, I wasn't if, gonna bring it up. Jack, if that's the up, if that's the thing, then like, why you watch comic book movies? All right, so let's talk about his suit. Let's talk about his suit. His helmet. Is arguably stitched leather over something, probably. Yeah, over what? Some thing to protect his head. <laughs> okay, all right. And his suit is what do we think? Metal plates over Kevlar, probably. How heavy do you think that suit is? Oh, is this what we're doing now? I'm just wondering who our Batman is. Okay, when we watch Superman movie, I want you to tell me how he gets his boots, boots and dress shoes. Then, like, like if we're, if we're doing that. <laughs> if we're doing that, like if if all right, so so all right, fine. If, so if we're, we're going to nitpick the parts of this <laughs> that don't make no sense, yo, let's think about Superman. My man goes into a phone booth with nothing, spins around really fast. Where does he hide everything? Wait, wait. He has super speed, Rich. Why does he need to wear his clothes underneath? Like, why does he wear his costume underneath? That's true. You can fly home fly and, back and get, yeah. But but we don't. But it's okay. Because we suspend our disbelief. Right, when Jack doesn't about, like something. Wait, are we talking about no, Superman? We're talking about said, the Batman. For everyone listening, when Jack doesn't like something, he'll nitpick the most wait, minute Wait, parts but okay, all right, fine. Movie. So forget the suit. No, let's talk about the suit, though. All right, so the guy gets shot at point-blank range with just about every style gun you can think of sans a bazooka. I mean, shotgun, rifle, Machine gun, handgun. What do you say? Hunting rifles with like 308. Yeah, we're talking like massive caliber bullets this guy's getting hit with. Mm -hmm. Now, we see him get knocked out a a half dozen times in the film. I mean, like cold, out, cold. At one one point, I think he's literally shot and like bleeding to death. I think he's like, when he goes to confront the penguin, before we see his car for the first time, really? Remember the the preposterous... Uh, chase scene that happened with the penguin for no apparent reason. Yeah. So right before that happened, he gets shot and he's on the ground and he's out. I mean, like, oh man, I guess his. I don't his know. Dude, I don't think. I, I don't think he was bleeding. I think the impact knocked him. I think it was the impact of whatever it was. Sure, of course, must have been. But it, I mean, he was. It looked like he was shot dead, lying there, pretty out. And Catwoman was worried about what she's going to do with him. Yeah. No. 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 It knocked him. It knocked him down. Yeah. Okay. So. I just I didn't understand the functionality of his suit one bit. I didn't understand. I think it was light. It was lightweight armor, pretty much entirely bulletproof. Where they shot him, no one shot I mean, him in the mouth. 
<laughs> no, but they were like spread, like machine guns spread all over him. Which is why I was like, this dude don't care if he dies tonight. Like, like he's at the point in his mission where he That's knows fine it's what he feels like. But I have to watch it as well, an audience member trying to make sense. Like of most, like most me. Batman goons, they're horrible shots. <laughs> like most Batman goons shoot around, but them. they shoot him enough for him to like be knocked out and passed out and even have to inject himself with something. And I, and I'll agree with you. They could have been more specificity around what he can take and not take and what he's willing to take. What did you guys think about the actual look of the suit though? I, I really liked it for the most part. Um, I was medium on, I, I liked it for the tone and the, the texture and style of the film, but I felt like it was really awkward and bulky in certain angles like at the end of the film, he's in the water guiding everyone in the light. And you can, it's almost like he can't even put his arms down. He reminded me of the kid in the Christmas story. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, it was, it, it looked awkwardly comical to me in some shots. Well, I think that, um, when he's in the water, I think that's just because he's in the water. Like, you ever been in water and you're just kind of like, mm, like it's kind of that weird walking. He, your arms are kind of up. He looks, he looks. He looks pretty stiff in most of the wide shots on the roof with Catwoman and stuff. It's like he's always at this. I mean, I can't imagine being stuffed into that outfit. Look pretty uncomfortable, actually. Listen, as long as he can move enough to throw them punches. Well, you, you like know, remember, Rich? Did you like it? Did you did you like the costume? I mean, I, I liked it once I saw it in action. I like I liked it a little bit more than what uh what I was just seeing the pictures of when I saw that now what those. Um, those rods are on the on the wrist on the forearm. Those are actually a part of the grappling hook. That was pretty dope. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, you keep replacing it. Yeah, you keep replacing it as much as you can. Um, also, I wish you used the battering a little bit more. Yeah, because it was like, see, that's one of the things where I think fans we ruin stuff because mm-hmm. they were so, oh, those are batterings. Those are pieces of the gun that killed his parents. Like we make it in such a thing. Matt Reeves is like, it's a tool when he needs it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's don't make it that. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to see that a little bit more. Like um, his suit. I mean, I feel like he just fleshed it out for how he needed it. Like it was yeah. very for for what for things that he like, especially at the end when he um he juiced himself up. Like I want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, what was that? What was in that vibe? Wait, 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 wait. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Right, yeah, but, but yeah, um, but, but but you know how the whole suit is pretty much bulletproof. But he had a special port just for that on his leg. That was pretty dope. So he kind of you know, he, he put some thought into the suit, which I like. Yeah, I, I like it'll, it'll work out. I like, and I keep going back to Batman Begins, and Ouch. Batman Begins is dope. I love a pouchy belt. I like my issue with Batman Begins is he got state of the art Wayne Tech Tech from Lucius Fox. So it's like, where do you go from here? And like, you'll get a different bat suit because you want to be more mobile, more agile, but you got the best, you got the tumbler. Like you don't upgrade it. Here's like you see everything that could be upgraded later and it's gonna need to be. Yeah. You know, especially now that he is taking on this beacon of hope. What I enjoyed about the costume was I didn't think about this till later, but Pattinson's cowl, he has like the widest mouth mm-hmm. out of like all the bat cowls. It shows a lot of his face. And I think the eye holes are a lot bigger than some of the other ones. And I'm like He's also the only actor to play Batman who's in the suit like 90% of the time. So it's like if we didn't see his face and his eyes more than, let's say, Batfleck or Bale, we lose so much of his performance. So like the mask almost had to allow the actor to act through it. And it didn't have a scowl on the eyebrow. So like the mask didn't even inform us of an emotion because that would have messed with 
the performance, whereas every other Batman it needed to be so he can act through it because they're like, yo, you're not getting the guy out the mask. I don't think I mean, maybe that was a conversation point, but it doesn't sound like it doesn't seem to me like that was really consideration in putting the thing together. Why? Just doesn't feel like it. Why? I guess it every, could be. every Batman cowl had has a scowl on it. It has an, an informed emotion. Yeah. And the one where you need the actor to act the most in the cowl, they kept it neutral. I, I, for me, that's that's not like a oops. We lucked you out don't on think that. It's a, a coincidence? No, I think that was planned. I think like we need a Batman mask that will allow the actor to act in it and not inform rage or inform like he has to be able to do that. What if he's talking to Selena? It needs to be soft here. You can't do that with a rubber scowl on your forehead. It'll mess up the tone. Whereas in the other Batman movies, you would just have Bruce out of costume doing that stuff. Here we didn't have that. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's what I, I that, that kind of drew me to it. But before this, what did you guys think about Pattinson, though? Like we talked a little bit about it, but. Is he our first British Batman? Bell's from Wales, right? That's that true. Counts. English. English, European. All right. That's fair. Uh, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. To be honest with you. I thought he did a good job. He played, you know, Batman and emo Bruce Wayne. And I guess <laughs> you could say emo Batman as well. He did, I mean, he made it work. I liked him in the costume and I liked uh, I liked his performance. Yeah. I felt like, you know, his again it goes to script and how the story is told to me. And we're looking at something that's familiar to us, but a departure just because of the the style and the tone of the film, you know? Um I thought he did a great job. He I did a good job. I enjoy like, and it's a script. It's not just him, but it was a moment in the beginning that made me feel in a way that the comics do that I haven't felt in the movies. Like when he's in the investigation and Gordon's like, you got to go. And then he takes a look at the little boy and we mm-hmm. just, we sit there for a while. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that is I really, really, really appreciated that the film let us have those moments It let Batman sit in these moments. Mm-hmm. But on the flip to it, I do feel like the film was longer than it needed to be. Like, I feel like the pacing of the film, if somehow they found a way to get another almost 30 minutes off of this thing, it probably would have been a better uh, film. But, but so I don't know. I was of two minds on that. I was like, yeah, I really love those moments where, we were able to sit in a thing for a moment, but then, yo, man, this movie was it, 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 it was long in some sections. But I mean, I was into it, so it's like, yeah, it was long, but I, I don't care. I'm here. I'm yeah. here. I'm here. Batman, he's getting the clues. I love the thumb drive part. I love. I loved watching him be a detective, especially okay. in the beginnings. The Riddler is serial killer killing people in this film and he's leaving clues for Batman to follow and put it together because he wants to be Batman's partner in unmasking the truth of Gotham. You jumped all the way to the end, but yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, I mean that's but that's why he's leaving clues for Batman, right? Yeah. He's leaving these cards, these hot, these cards, greeting cards for Batman to put the clues together to get involved in the things with him. That's what the Riddler wants. He wants Batman to be his partner. Batman has inspired the Riddler to be the Riddler, essentially, you know, same way as Batman inspires a lot of his rogue gallery to kind of get involved in whatever they're doing. So anyways, in, in, I think it's his first kill, the Riddler's first kill, which is pretty violent and sets the tone for the movie. And then in my opinion, the movie doesn't really live up to that kill for the rest of the film, but they, we start out with a bang. He cuts the guy. 
the rats of the commissioner's face was kind of brutal. Ah, brutal, but I mean. Did we see that? Did I miss no, it? you don't see it. No, you, you don't just see, see the rats on the bottom of the case. Because we want to keep the PG-13. Right. You only get PG-13. And they show it all in the beginning, and that's my point. They set it up, and then they go, well, hopefully that sets the tone, and you, you just stick with it for the rest of it because we ain't going to show any more of it. Anyways, beside the point, kills the guy, and he cuts his thumb off. So when they're investigating the crime scene, they're like, eh, it's odd that he's missing a thumb. Did we find that? And they're like, no. And then he leaves a cipher. So the Riddler leaves all these ciphers for Batman to solve, um, which – Lucky for Batman, he's got his buddy, Alfred, who just happens to be pretty good with ciphers. So anyways, they solve the first cipher, and the answer to it is drive. So Batman calls up his buddy, Gordon, and goes, hey, Gordon, let's go look at his cars. Well, this dude's got a bunch of cars, so they find the vintage car. It's got the thing he used to cut. You know, it's got, like, uh, shearers, like garden shears stabbed into the tire. Yeah, the tire. With blood on it. So he's like, all right, well, this is probably the thing he used to cut the thumb off. And Batman goes, there's going to be a drive in the car, uh, a USB thing. And he opens up the thing. And there you have a thumb tethered to a USB. And Batman picks it up and he goes, thumb drive. (laughs) Thumb drive. That's the kind of movie we're dealing with. It's great. It's a banger. There are a lot of really great moments in this movie. (laughs) The Riddler made a thumb drive. <laughs> I love it. He loves he's rolling to it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I loved it. I thought like in this bleak, any area where there was even a slight bit of humor was appreciated. Um it's great. And the and they were so grounded, you enjoyed that humor on a real level. Which will bring me to Batman shows up to the iceberg lounge. And I just love that they called it the iceberg lounge. Like these little things that we're used to now didn't exist. They would have said, Oh, that sounds too comic booky. It's called the iceberg lounge. Yes, it's where the penguins at. Batman knocks on the door. You know who I am. <laughs> and then he starts beating people up. He gets in there. And yo, I've seen a lot of great actors in makeup. I did not see Colin Farrell. I yo, didn't see him. Oh, real. I yeah. don't know. Like, if you would have never told me he was playing the penguin, I would have been like, I have no, I can't even ballpark who that is. And if, yeah. and if I did, he would not be on the list. He was, I think Colin Farrell was pretty fantastic and Similar to the machine gunfire, similar to the adrenaline or venom on his boot, his performance was so fun and heightened, it allows for more comic book elements to come in. Yeah. Like, like he was so funny and so charismatic. It's like, if you're one of the bad guys in the sequel, which I have to imagine he will be, we're in the comics. And it feels right. It doesn't feel like you're out of this movie. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, Colin Farrell knocked this out of the park for me. And his 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 penguin is very reminiscent to the penguins that um, Alex Ross was drawing. Alex Ross started drawing a version of the penguin, and it looked yeah really similar to what Colin Farrell and his whole take ended up being. And I agree with you. I did not see Colin Farrell in there. Like, where the f did that guy go? Loved it. I thought by the fifth time I would have seen him on screen, I'd be like, oh, there he is. No, <laughs> Not, never, never, never. never. Um, I had mixed feelings about one scene and not really mixed. I just, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me after this, after the preposterous chase scene, which made no sense to me, no earthly sense to me in this film. I understood why we had it. I just didn't understand why it happened. He catches the pain. 
Go, keep going. I know. I think I know what you're going to say. But go. He catches the penguin, and then the penguin is handcuffed, and then he calls Gordon, and they rendezvous, and they interrogate the penguin. And okay, cool. I get it. That scene wasn't bad, except for the end of the scene. They, for the first time in the film, squeezed in as much comic cheese shit dialogue as you could while the penguins waddling around like a penguin. I like that though. Loved I it. Too. I, I liked that too. It was I, dope. I, I, I didn't mind the part. The, the physicality was actually pretty nice. But the dialogue he had there was so cheeseball, man. I like I, I liked it because he said it. Yeah. At that point in the movie where the penguins been He's like he's like a he's a poser. He's a tryhard. He wants to be Falcone. He wants and to be yet, And yet he has more uh, honor than the other thieves. I don't know if he has honor. He's just not a rat. Yeah. Okay, he's, but that's honor. Uh, it's yeah. honor among thieves. But he's but he's like a tryhard. He's he's like the Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. He's the guy that that I'll talk too much. So in that moment, the exactly fact that it was him saying exactly the fact, who yeah. So. Joe Pesci saying, what do you do? You think you're the world's greatest detectives? Out of anyone else's mouth in Goodfellas, cheesy. His mouth, I buy it. You would say Yes, that. yes, except for it doesn't exist for him in any other parts of the film. It's just right there. For no, him. he's saying trash the whole time. Yeah. Not like that, he's man. Like, oh, he's like, oh, is that the mayor? Is that him? I didn't know that was the mayor. He was yeah. he was acting. He was acting. And, and, no, he was. And... As the stakes got higher for him, the more ludicrous <laughs> he said stuff. No, I, I was with that. I was. Can with we talk that. about the chase scene? No, we got to go back. We have to go back to the Iceberg Lounge because that's where Batman, we first get that Batman penguin scene, which is interesting because usually you think he's going to hang him off a rooftop. But it's like, no, they're going to have a conversation in this office. And I'm like, I appreciate that because in this movie, Batman's a detective. So... He, this Batman is so Except confident. For it did feel weird to me. This was a good example where it felt a little weird to me for Batman to be deporting himself in a closed, confined space with the criminal. It's, it's only weird if you go with headcanon because your headcanon's telling you he wouldn't okay. do that. This movie's okay. telling you, yes, he would do that. Mm-hmm. I don't well, think he's showing me a threat. That's what I think. I don't think he saw. Penguin is is that dangerous for him? He didn't see corner. anybody yeah. in there. Is that no? He so, just rolled up. Like you rolled what? up. Yo, Chris is there. Chris is here, everybody. Y'all can't <laughs> tell. Christopher St. Victor, right out of the movie theater, so, literally just just walked just walked in, just got home. We're in a Batman t-shirt, sir. Drink, drink. There you go. There you go. Um. So three brothers and a, and a shot, shot of milk. milk. So he's interrogating Penguin or talk. Well, I, like I said, I, what I loved about this Batman is he's so confident in his mental prowess. It's like, I don't have to hang you off a rooftop. Like I don't have to threaten you physically right off jump because I'll read what you're saying. I'll read your body language. I'm a master detective. I'm freaking yeah. Sherlock. And if I miss he's it, I'm just Jack gonna... Reacher. He's Reacher. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's Jack freaking Reacher. And we get into, and I brought this up because we get introduced to Selena Kyle. The Catwoman. Let's talk about her real quick. Let me tell you something. Zoe Kravitz walked off the comic book page. I'm sorry. She's right out the comic. She's like literally Batman year one, Selena Kyle, off the page. Her physicality, her mannerisms, the way she walked, the way she talked, the way she was vulnerable. The fact that she freaking, and this is, a, Chris, we've been talking about elements in this film that set it apart from Nolan, which is there's things in this movie that leans towards the fantastical. 
which could allow for other things that we want from comics. The fact that she purposely made it so her nails are like freaking four inches and go out the gloves. So she walks around with weapons all the time in this club and no one would think that she'll claw your freaking eyes out. Like that's fantastical, you know? I tell you, here's here's something I really actually did appreciate, and I and I appreciated it more and more as the film went on. When Batman really has a chance to talk to Catwoman, Catwoman for the first time, not Selina, but the Catwoman version of Selina for the first time, he basically goes, "Okay, you're going to help me do this thing." Yes, and she gets instantly inducted into the solving of the case. And in that moment, I understood how Batman probably approached. Gordon and I see this Batman is this is the Batman who's going to put together a team of people to help him solve stuff. Absolutely. Jack, you took the words out of my mouth. I love the fact that he recruited her. He used her wanting in the movie. Selena's friend goes missing, who's also works at the club and she's desperate to find her friend, make sure she's okay. Batman uses that to his advantage so she can get in there and get intel. And the way, and even like when he put the contacts in her eyes, yep, and he, and he like graced her cheek, and she it, she thought it was a romantic moment. But Batman's like, he's all about the mission. He didn't even under he didn't even see that it no, could be. He was gazing into her eyes, but he's checking the cameras right, and the contacts yeah. looks good, and she's like, is he? And he, my eyes. and he's so focused on the mission, he doesn't even understand how it can be interpreted. It doesn't even different. remotely, yeah. And like everyone says, comic book and non-comic book fans would say Batman's a loner. He's not a loner. This, this one's not. And even in the comics, like he 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 works with Gordon, and I can see this Batman bumping into a fourteen-year-old and saying, yeah. "I'm gonna teach you." This yeah. Batman, I can see, will eventually have a Robin. Yes, because he sees yes. the necessity of having a Robin. Getting in the narration, I can't be everywhere, and. Dude, like if I had a prequel in my mind, I would see like Batman or Bruce Wayne helping Gordon with the case before he even suits up. Just anonymous, just clues, anonymous, just like solving crimes in the shadows before he even pops up. Like Batman knows I need someone in the inside to do this for real. I can't do it without him. Loved it. So we we meet Catwoman. Like Jack said, they're working together and we get their, like they have an interesting rapport, man. I And, and I, I thought that I really... I thought this was the most organic building of Batman and Catwoman's relationship than I've seen in any other movie. You know what I liked about it is that even though Catwoman had her own goals and her own drive, she didn't she didn't automatically adapt to Batman's way and she didn't automatically go in the opposite direction, do her own thing. She kind of she 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 still did her own thing, but she still accepted some of Batman's guidance and kind of accepted the way he wanted things to be done. What, what so you saw that like he was the only good person in this city. Yep. And they needed each other. Whereas in Batman Returns, I get why Batman and Catwoman were flirting with each other. I had no idea why Bruce Wayne and this assistant at Shrek were going on dates. Like, I don't even understand how Selena Kyle got in Bruce Wayne's world. And The Dark Knight Rises, I don't even see how like their pairing was so forced, Catwoman and Batman. But here it felt organic. It felt like as soon as Bruce Wayne put on this suit, he submerged himself in the trash of Gotham. And right. that's where he meets everybody. They've always been there. Um, so I loved it. They go on the case. She goes in there. We meet the freaking mayor, the DA. And yo, this is another comparison to Batman Begins. I'm sorry, but we had another version of this where we saw Bruce Wayne go into a club where the DA's there, where the mayor's there, where the judge is there. 
for some reason in this movie, it just felt dirtier. Like they were doing drugs. They were dropping the drops, drops. in their eyes. Yeah. They, had, they had prostitutes around. Like they had the, like here it was just, it felt dirtier. Um, I think, you know, you know what too that made me feel, the biggest complaint I had with Nolan, it never gave me the kind of feel I was looking for. It just, it, always, it was always missing some component. But when he was, when they showed that scene, they showed the griminess. I'm like, this is the underbelly. These are the bad guys. These are these are the guys who we need to clean up, and it gave me that 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 Batman. I have to clean up. You know, I wanted to watch yeah. the filth from the city feeling, and it just engaged me in the story so much. Because in Batman Begins, they show you the Narrows, right? So they show you the underground of Gotham and it's dirty and trash. Here, the surface of Gotham is trash, and it just gets worse <laughs> as we get lower. Like it's not pristine on the outside. It's like it's a rotten apple that keeps getting dirtier. So, you know, that's that's interesting, too. Like, the level of grime in this film is so palpable. The texture, it, it, it almost lends itself to this thing going uh, comic booky. Like, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be a far stretch for me to then believe Killer Croc's in there. You know, yeah. the, the grime itself is the element of the setting in the film that I think helps ease this into being a little more fantastical if they want to go that yeah. way. And the way they shot it, like when the Riddler is in that little coffee shop and it's all black and dreary and smoggy, but that blue light is surrounding it. Like that's, it's like an artistic, dope comic book choice. Whereas Nolan would have just shot a real coffee shop and would have felt like in the real world. Here, nothing felt like it was in the real world, but it still felt real. 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 It was grounded. Yeah. With the exception of his suit taking every form of ballistic oh, but, but you know what you know what? with the exception maybe rocket launcher right? i'll that tell you that i'll tell you know what but it could have happened i think i needed that to give me that comic book feel so it it makes it fantastical that's yes. what i'm listen chris jack has been taking a big doodle on this movie this whole time <laughs> even in really the, even in it's the news entirely true. we haven't even gotten to the movie in the news so based and i'm because oh, he like, brought up the joker in the news first let's get through catwoman they're working together we we. oh meet- this is a three-hour film you still in the first 20 minutes we are we're moving so we meet john tutoro who plays falcone and i think he was which phenomenal brilliant <laughs> how did they john tutoro plays all these parts where he's kind of like a bumbling awkward guy and then he comes in as a crime boss and he's you a, just buy him as he's, a, he's a fantastic actor, actor. and the Falcone and the, and, the, and the actor that played Falcone in Batman Begins is brilliant too. But the difference here is like he's really Italian, man. He doesn't. Yeah, well, he doesn't have to dial up anything. If anything, he's playing everything like I'm not evil. I'm not mean. It's just business. Yep. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. It's just business. Yeah, off to you. Yeah, I killed her. Business. That's way scarier than the Batman Begins. You don't, you're scared of what you don't understand. And that's fear. You can't buy that. It's like, no, it's like, say it with a whisper. Right. He wasn't a caricature of a, of a, of a, of a, of a mob movie. No. He was, he was it. He was, you saw him and you bought him like this. And that's, this that, that's the tone. He plays it straight. So the penguin can go, like, he can be heightened, mm. you know, like they, they, you, you find that balance. Um, so we meet him. We learn that he is Selena Kyle's father. That's why she's been working there. And she's been working there and like stealing from them at different drops because he took over Maroney's organization. Maroney went to jail. Part of the Riddler's clues is find 
the rat. Find the rat. And Selena's there, like I said, because Falcone's her father, which is taken out the comic books. For those of you who are like, that's contrived. It's from the comics. Falcone is Selena Kyle's father, or is heavily alluded to. I was confused in this film, though, as to whether or not he knew she was his daughter. I didn't get that he knew. No. He was flirting with her. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I didn't get that he knew. See, I I, I read it as as he knew, and he just he just he just kind of disregarded her because. But, but then, if that were the case, why did she have the line at the end where she goes, "I'm the daughter of such and such person. You're my father." Yeah. Then he was. Why would she have that? Why would she have that line if he knew? If he knew. Well, yet, I, didn't, I felt I the same way. But let me ask you a question. If he just found out when he was choking her, he's like, I'm doing this in my own flesh, my own flesh and blood. He wasn't surprised. Like, oh, my goodness, I have a daughter. He was sad. Like, I'm doing this in my own flesh and blood. This dude I'm probably got mad confusing. daughters he don't know about. Exactly. Right. Exactly. He probably, had, he probably, he knew, he knew he messed with the girls. He knew he got these chicks pregnant. He probably wasn't positive, but he knew that this chick might be my, my, my daughter. I don't think he knew Selena was his daughter, but I don't think he's surprised that he could have a daughter here he didn't know about. Yeah, like he's he's doing what it do. Or he knew, and he maybe he didn't re- he didn't realize, or he didn't, or he didn't recognize that. Remember what's called uh, Marsha Kyle was what was his her mother, and then he's like we put it together. So maybe he knew what that as a kid, but maybe not. As maybe an adult. as a kid, maybe maybe so, maybe that. Um, and I love that she scratched his face. Yes, I mean, that's, that's right out of the comic. Yes, right out of the comics and the scar in the face. So basically, all this stuff happens. Now, now, now the Riddler goes after the freaking what is he? The DA? He's the DA, okay, right? So he then, puts a bomb around him. Well, he has him drive through the funeral. Bruce is there. The Batman. He, Batman's there undercover as Bruce Wayne at this funeral to get intel. The car goes through. Bruce instinctively saves the kid. And then, you know, the freaking DA comes out with the bomb around his neck. And they're in, in summoning Batman. And that's what I liked about this movie. And that's what justified the cops allowing Batman to be part of this. Is like the killers only wants to talk to Batman. Right. If you want any leeway with this investigation, you have to allow him to be part of it. Um, and then, yes, he gets blown up. Batman takes a bomb to the face. He does put his gauntlets up. He takes a bomb yeah, to the face. Yeah, his his shielded suit, he right. puts that up. But he gets blown up. And he gets blown up in a way where this guy is out cold, ladies and gentlemen. And he wakes up. When he wakes up, he's in the police precinct on a table with the gurney on top of the table, surrounded by uh, every police there is. Now, my question is, bomb blows him up. Ambulance is there. They don't check him out to make sure he's alive or... Uh, I'm, I'm sure they did. Gordon took him. G- Gordon didn't take him. He was on a gurney, my friend, which requires four people to carry. Right, but I'm sure Gordon's the one that orchestrated where to bring him. And the entire time he was going, he was slapping people's hands going, don't touch that cow. Yeah. Don't touch that cow. They respect don't Gordon. Don't touch that cow. They were, and then, wait, and then that's the what's far to you. The first thing we see when the when when that scene starts is someone's like, "Hey, we should take off this mask." And I'm like, "You didn't think about that for the last hour? He's been sitting on your t- don't touch that. Come on, that was silly." I was hoping we get a scene from like '89 Batman where they touch it and it's electric, it's electrified and it gets zapped. That did not happen in 89 Batman. Because he was going to hide some sort of that did not happen in 89 Batman. Yes, it, helmet. it did yes, not. Which one did happen? It was Batman. Like Batman it was, Returns. It was, right? it was no. It was it was Dark Knight. It was the Dark Knight. It was the, the Joker's. No, 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 no. No, it did. When he fell. No, he, he fell, fell. They went to pull his mask. Vicky Bell takes a picture. The Flash distracts the goons. Batman rolls to his feet. Yeah. 
you 100%. It was the Joker's oh, goon right. who gets shocked, and then the Joker hits the guy, and, and then he goes over the Batman. Don't be coming in here and you tell me about Batman. Yeah, really, man? If you are a bathead? I was hoping for that scene. I was hoping he'd have some kind of protection against the cow. But I think he will now. But even like if I, he did, why didn't that happen six times earlier? Because, Why are we seeing them for the first time an hour after he got blown up or 30 minutes after he got blown up because it's trying a, to take it off? Because it's a movie and we don't know how long he's been on that table. Well, it's long. at least been 30 minutes to an hour. I don't know how long he's that. been on that table in there. For all I know, they just rolled them in 15 minutes ago and he's been there for 15 minutes. I don't know. Minutes, a long I mean, time if he's out that long, you're really, really hurt. He might have been out for like five minutes. Yeah. He wasn't out for five minutes, Chris. They took his body to the police precinct. I don't know how far the police station is from that place. Maybe it's maybe the precinct right down the street. I don't think this matters. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just think it doesn't matter. Like this, how does this how, Batman spends half the movie being passed out? How does a DeLorean go back in time? It does. Like, uh, I, like about back to the future alarm. now. I mean, what is going on here? But it's like, like off the. Jack, Jack will take a fantastical movie and then poke holes in the things that don't You know matter. why? Because the film was just that good. It was good enough and plausible enough and real enough that the things that were glaring just really kind of stuck out to me. Man, so Gordon's like, and this is where we see the level of their relationship that like Batman's so only good. Gordon's like, I'm going to rough you up. I'm going to make it look like this, but you got to punch me. It's like, no, it's even better than that. But he's, he's the guy. They are surrounded by like every cop in the precinct and half of them, at least half of them, really don't like Batman at all. The mm. other half of them's on the freaking take in the first place. Yeah. And so they yeah. want to unmask this guy. And and somehow Gordon convinces the chief to go, hey, let me talk to him. I'll get him to cooperate. Just give me the room. Give me two minutes with and him. And Batman's thinking that Gordon is like, whose side are you freaking yeah, on? Yeah, he's like, like yeah. even and like. And then the second <laughs> the door closes, Gordon goes, we got to get you out of here. <laughs> We're like, oh, I like it. You see how he's talking to him like, like, like he's giving him business. He and, goes, and, and he, he slips him a key. He goes, this key's going to open that door. Go to the blah, 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 left. And then go straight up. You're going to go to the rooftop. And I'm like, like holy hell, like, bag. I love like, this relationship. But you got to hit me. <laughs> yeah, he goes, you got to hit me. And then you later on, Gordon's like, you really, you, you didn't pull your punch. He's like, I did. <laughs> oh, yeah, he said, <laughs> no, he said, I did. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So then. We talked about this earlier. We went at it. He goes to the roof. He squirrels. He squirrels away. He glides away. Movie's going. Movie's going. Movie's going. We can't go all across. How do you feel everything. about that moment, Chris? Please, Chris. Oh, so dope. I Thank loved you. it. Jack, Jack is like, why is Batman afraid of heights? Why does he do this? Look, okay, number number one, we know clearly is year two. So he may have never used this feature before. So he's like, he's probably like, I hope this works. I hope this works because I made it in a subway station. <laughs> <laughs> Lucius Fox ain't give him some memory cloth that has an electric current. Like, I hope this. I've only tested it about six feet off the ground. Right. I haven't done this this high yet. I was hoping I would never need this. Um. So then the movie continues and the clues come out and then we get into the freaking Riddler targeting Bruce Wayne and we find out that the Waynes, I mean, Thomas Wayne freaking operated on Falcone when he got shot and then Thomas Wayne is like, there's this reporter, Edward uh, Elliott or something and it's like, he's uncovered stuff about my wife who is an Arkham. This is all Earth One comic right here. Earth One, Martha Wayne is Martha Arkham. And she has mental issues and all that stuff. And this reporter wanted to expose it. And Wayne's like, you know, shut him up. And you tell, if you tell a mobster to shut somebody up, 
They're going to do it. Yeah. They're going to do it. And they're going to do a really good job. So Bruce learns all of this after his freaking penthouse is blown up because there was a letter left for him because on the list of people is also the sins of the father goes to the son. Riddler also want to take out Bruce Wayne because tragic orphan, right? Quotation marks. Riddler's like, no, and you got to pay for what your father did because he's already dead. Mm. Um, and that's when Bruce Wayne learns about this. He's sitting with Alfred. They have a, a finally a human moment between Bruce and Alfred because at this point, Bruce has treated Alfred like he's the help. And I think that was intentional on purpose. Um, and Alfred yeah, saw through it. It didn't make any sense. So at this point, you're saying, oh, so we're jumping to Alfred's been blown up. Wait, wait, can we, can, can, we, can we just grab something before? When he's trying to call to get Alfred's attention, did you guys notice the phone and the bust? That was in that was in the office. No, was it the one from the? Was it Shakespeare? Was it the Shakespeare bus? Yep, Batman. Wow, it was the. Dude, and and the fact that they have like the housekeeper Molly, like that's straight up nineteen sixty six. Yes, yes, that's freaking dope. And I I love that in other superhero movies, you would have saw the hero like race against the clock to get there and it's too late. But she was like, "This happened an hour ago." Hour ago, Mm. yeah. Where have you been? I'm trying to reach you was just so freaking real. Um, also, another real moment, I want to go back, the car chase that was obnoxious. But I, <laughs> I, I loved it, though. I love that. Yes, you hit traffic. Yes, Penguin, you hit traffic. Why this is- was there a car chase at all? Because Penguin was getting away. He had to get No, hang on, pause, rewind. You're a liar. What happened was the Batman uh, left the action, went and sat in his car, waited a little while, Saw the penguin, revved up his car. Penguin didn't do anything. Revved up his car again. Penguin scurries to the car, revs up his car a third time, and then the penguin drives off. But then, and only then, does the Batman. You do see, when when you see the prior to this, you see the the head, you see the valve train, you see him building the Batmobile. You see see the part, you see it progressing. So he hasn't used it yet. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so, but he drove there somehow. Jack, this was with the dopest scene, with the dopest scene in the whole movie. Yeah, 100 I know. What? You're crazy. crazy. You are so, you're crazy, and you're just making shit up now. What? No, it wasn't. If That chase scene, yes, listen, the chase scene was fine and was fun, and yes, there's traffic, and that's real world, except for then the traffic completely disappeared after the explosion. What? Pause. Okay, I guess so. But why did it happen in the first place is my question. Because the penguin was getting, they don't understand no, this. When you're watching the movie. It happened because they had the car and they wanted a reason to use it. He literally left, sat in his car. No. Rev the engine. No, he was hurt. He first he was hurt. Second, when you're watching the movie, things are happening simultaneously. So it's not like I know he was hurt and passed out. That's why they shot. They cut the Catwoman, looking all confused that he. Had Everything's left. happening simultaneously. The Riddler's um, um, Penguin's getting in his car at the same time as revving up the same. Like all no, of it's didn't. happening at once. It's it all wasn't happening, happening at, at once. once. He went and he stopped and he. Yes, it stopped. Look. No, no, I don't think it stalled. I think he was spooling it up, getting ready to go. He was like, that's my point. But why didn't he stop him instead of going on this chase scene where he put countless lives in danger and they blew up the truck and who knows how many people died? He gave him the chance to get away because we needed a chase scene in the film. We know that on page. We we know 32. There's a chase scene. And so we got to was just knocked unconscious. I don't know if he was in the physical place to chase this guy on foot. I mean, he literally shooting machine guns at him. He's not unconscious. He's like, yo, I need to get a second. Catch I'm getting in this car. And I'm going to rev it up. <laughs> but then why didn't he drive the car forward and stop stop the penguin from even getting in the car? 
like I said, I think things are happening simultaneously mm-hmm. and they're cutting back and forth yeah. to show us, but I don't think it's like we're waiting. I don't think but that's... I was waiting as an audience member. I was sitting here watching what they were actually doing as Batman fans. We're like, listen, to that thing rev up. It was dope. Like, I thought it was dope. It was, I mean, of course it was dope. It was the best <laughs> season of the movie. It gave me goosebumps. Did you say that play. bullshit again? Yes, man. Yes. And can I talk about the Batmobile for a second? So why not? Here's the, We're already two hours into this recap. Here's how the here's how the Batmobile looks like when, when you get it molded from toys. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So here's the problem I have. Not with the movie, but with the toys. The toys and what? the pictures. We're talking about toys now? Wait, wait. Let me explain. The Batmobile looks like a muscle car, mm. right? The Batmobile is not a muscle car. The Batmobile is a trophy truck, which mm. is a which is a racing truck that they used to race off-road. It's, it's, yeah. I'm telling you, it's a trophy truck, which makes perfect sense for Batman because you're jumping over everything. You're doing all these crazy things. The functional, You have the functionality of the tumbler, but the agility of a car. It is... The perfect combination for a for a Batmobile. Woo! So, good choice on that. So three out of four like that chase scene. Yeah, three <laughs> brothers and not a shot of milk. Shot of milk. <laughs> no milk for the. I chase didn't say scene. I didn't like the chase you, scene. You, you just thought I'm it, it was it, un, it was unnecessary. Like it didn't make sense. Um, and, and and I can't say it made a thousand percent sense, but I'm I'm along for the ride at this point. Yeah. Um. So then we get, you know, they interrogate the penguin and we, we talked about that already. And then the Batman's getting clues and then they go into basically you got Batman and Catwoman on the roof. And this is shot well, man. It just looks yeah. like a page out of the comic book. And we've seen it in comics. We see the cartoon movies. We see it in the animated scene. We've seen this scene so many times, but it just felt so perfect and so yeah, right. This, was- the, this is the first time we really saw Batman and Catwoman in their we're partners scenario. It's bat and the cat. What's interesting is these two people would never, ever give each other a shot. She's from the gutter and he's a pompous rich kid. Like only as Batwoman and Catwoman could these two even share space. And that's what's so special about their relationship in the comics. But in this film, you really feel it. And he even comes at her a little bit. Like, so what are you just doing this? You just like out here taking money for the mob? He like, he judges her. Well, cause he doesn't like anyone who's related to criminal activity. And that's where she is, she is. And that's like in that moment, we watched Batman learn, like, I got it wrong. Well, that's one of the nicest things about this film, actually. You see the transformation of a lot of the characters. Batman goes from this hopeless vigilante, dark creature thing to, uh, tr- to realizing he needs to become a symbol of hope. Catwoman goes from, I mean, she's got her transformation. All these characters have. It's it's th- the movie's thoughtful in that regard, where the characters get to grow and learn. It's it reminds me a little bit of like uh, No Way Home, where although we have previous stories, it wasn't until Aunt May dies and all this stuff happens where we watch this Spider Man finally become the Spider Man. And although this is year two and he's already Batman, going through these things actually make him the Batman we know from the comic books. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. You know, like the bat signal isn't a warning. It is a symbol of hope. And he gets to that point by the end. Later. So, yeah, they share a kiss and everything. And, yo, Bruce Wayne goes to the club, talk to Falcone. And it's interesting because he says the same line he said as Batman. He says to the two twins, do you know who I am? And Bruce Wayne had more of a polarizing effect on them than Batman did, which I thought was pretty brilliant. And I think he's learning, like, there are places Bruce Wayne can go that Batman can't. So he goes in, he finds out that, yo, Maroney basically put a hit on your, your parents. And then, yes, we circle back. Alfred's like, no, Falcone put a hit on your parents. 
or it could have been anybody. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know for sure. <laughs> we don't know for sure. And, and I, and I love that the best. I love, we, sh- I, I, I didn't like the incorporation of Joe chill eventually in the comic books. I always like when Batman didn't know. So although he's a vigilante and he's seeking vengeance, he'll never actually get vengeance no. for his parents' death, which I think is cool. And so the big plot points are they're led to the penguin because one of the clues are a rat. They're looking for a rat and then they're looking for a rat with wings. And so the penguin is a bird with wings. So they go after the penguin. They think um, Falcone, Falcon, a Falcon has wings. And when they get to... Uh, uh, but at one point, a bat has wings, and a bat is basically. I don't know a rat how they didn't get. Wings. I don't know how they didn't jump to that first. A rat with wings. Oh, you know, the only well, flying rodent is a bat. But the well, reason, he's not rat man. The reason why the reason why I went with that is because the penguin was the audience. He's like, "You are a detective. It's a yeah. bat." <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. He right, spoke right. for us, going like, "Duh." They find out that Falcone Falcon is the rat with wings that the Riddler was talking about. And the Riddler says, bring the rat with wings into the light and I'll take care of them. And so they go in there with the police and they, you know, basically arrest Falcone for being the person who set the series of events in motion. Before that, the penguin literally says, I'm going to be the villain in the sequels because he like mans up and almost like, Basically saying, I'm the new guy now. Yep. When you go to jail, Falcone, we're going to see what's going to happen to you. Like, we um, that. Yeah, you, you, you won't last a day. That we watched the Penguin transition yes. into something else. So, he, so Batman literally takes Falcone outside his tower, outside onto the streets, and there's a street lamp that he's standing under, a light. And then there's a gunshot. The gunshot coincides with the Penguin whooping out his gun, and instantly the penguin turns into a... Uh, it wasn't you know. me! It wasn't me! <laughs> I swear, I never got it on! He's such a poser, I he's love such, it. He's like, such a poser. And then uh, Batman sees up in the window motion, and he sees kind of a gun silhouetted. He goes, okay, this is what it was. And he instantly identifies, oh, take, take him into the light. He sees the street light, and he's like, man, I literally just did what the guy told me to do. Uh, I, I'm being played here. So... He grapple hooks up into the window, and he's got a good five minutes alone in the building before the place is flooded with all the cops running up to the window, too, right? And that's where now we're in. Now we're in the realist house. House. You're right. And by house, we mean apartment. Apartment. But it's like the serial killer's lair. Can we talk about how the Riddler kind of won? Well, we're going to get there. This is how he wins. Batman gets the note, pretty much figures out like, yo, Riddler knows Bruce Wayne's Batman, literally drops the investigation. I need to go talk to this guy, goes to talk to him. And it's the first time we're seeing Paul Dano without the mask, like fantastic actor. And we're in this interrogation scene and it's, it's dialogue. Like we're going to have a whole talking scene. And I appreciated it. I can see if some people did it, but this is my jelly. And the whole time Batman is like, you know who I am in his mind. And, and freaking he, even, he even looks at the camera like they're like, recording they're this. Recording this. It's, it's, yep. it, Batman's like, it's over. Well, and it no. starts with Paul Dano looking at Batman going, Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Wayne. And so you're like, oh man, th- he, th- he did figure it out. But then he was also saying in a way where it's like, did he figure did you? it out? <laughs> like, where's this? And then he's like, we almost got him, didn't we? No, he and says he got away. He got away. Yeah, Bruce Wayne got away. And that's why he's sitting there ruminating on his frustration over Bruce Wayne. 
and he's talking. He's thinking he's talking to Batman, thinking he's talking to his partner who's helping and, him do this. And this is to, for me the biggest twist in the movie. This is like the freaking Usual Suspects. This is like uh, Sixth Sense, where if you go back from this point on, Batman was helping Riddler. Like yeah. Batman thought he was yeah. solving clues. It's like no, you were you were assisting me this whole time. Like yeah. you even brought him into the light. Like yeah. We were working together. You found the thumb drive that I left you. You helped me expose these people like I wanted you to. <laughs> what are you talking about? You've been working yeah. with me this whole time. Yeah, me and you oh. were doing this. Like, we're, we're oh. in this together. And, like, to me, that was, like, the biggest freaking twist. But then Riddler's like, you didn't get that? I guess you're not as smart as I thought you did. But at the same time, Batman's like, the only reason I'm even here is because I thought you knew I was Bruce Wayne. Right. So Riddler's actually still not as smart as he needed to be. And this I, and this is where I love Pattinson's performance as Batman because this is where his voice gets a little bassy. It's no longer <laughs> whispery. But he's not doing Christian Bale. You know, he's like... Thank goodness. He gets a little like, what are you talking about? You're out of your goddamn mind. You know? <laughs> Rich, you know, come on, man. Hating. Come on, man. I'm Batman. Where is it? I'm Batman. Where is it? Get the voice up. Let's go. So then um, he basically goes, you know, yada, yada, yada. He goes back to Riddler's place looking for more clues. That cop comes in. And freaking, like, Sergeant Officer Martinez or whatever. Like, we need to give him a medal. Because he's like, oh, that's used to pull up carpet. And why was he there in the first place? Because he was 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 guarding the crime scene. Yeah, it's an active crime scene. It's a fresh active crime scene. And then um, Batman pulls up the rug and basically sees the plan. And the plan is... There's bombs along the dam around freaking um, Gotham. They're going to explode, flood the city, which is going to gravitate First everyone all, towards. I don't, I don't have a degree in architecture, but like building a city below sea level, I yeah, feel hello? like that does not make sense. I know New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know New Orleans. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? It's, we have it. We, it existed and the levee broke. But um. So that happens, and and and, and then uh, where was I? So yeah, they see like everyone's gonna be going towards pretty much Madison Square Garden, and this whole time, even seeing this this whole time, like Riddler has followers. He has people harding these. Well, like, that on the was phone. what was so nice about it was there was this whole element of social media that was played into the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he had he had a crew of at least five hundred strong. Following him going right. out to buy like army surplus stuff. Yes, they tell you ready. this is where the mask is. Are you gonna wrap your head? What I'm reading, what gun to use, what caliber you're gonna use. Yeah. And we don't know that they're planning the attack yet, but then after we find out, we're like, oh shit, they were planning this thing the whole time. This was the plan the whole time. And like you said, Chris, execute it. Like they 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 he do won. it, <laughs> they won, won yeah. to a degree. So Batman gets wind of this. He's like, We gotta get to Madison Square Garden. Batman can't stop the levees from blowing up. It blows up. There's nothing he can do. It blows up while he's still yelling at him. Yeah. Yeah, he's nothing he can do. And the Riddler's like, if you get involved, you're going to die. So the Batman, you know, the the, the mayor's giving her speech. She won. Now, I say, now, this is where my suspension disbelief. She should have died. She should have died. She should have bled out in those waters, boy. Like, Like, what is happening? Like, she was bleeding out for a while. When she says she, she, she forgot that she just took a gut shot. That actor forgot she was injured. Yeah. Because <laughs> she did well, not. And the director it. thought forgot too. Man. <laughs> that's one of those times where like you're in the post-production and you're like, we don't have another shot, do we? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. So um 
they're in there. The thing is flooding. Everyone's like gravitating to a place and the snipers are ready. They pop shots and Batman gets up there, man. And it is a struggle. It is not easy, but he is, this is where he gets real stealthy, real calculated. Every maneuver he makes is intentional, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> it's real convenient that everyone had lanyard themselves off to the grid too. You know what though? Yeah. If he did it, he'd essentially kill everyone. And everyone would be going crazy. Batman doesn't kill. Batman doesn't kill. There was a lot less. But wouldn't you land yourself like if you were up there? I'm just saying it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't like just like, hey, there is still a Batman around here. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the, so Batman's up there taking the mouth fighting. No, we're going to be shooting a lot of people up there, guys. But make sure you bring your safety harness. Yep. OSHA will be watching. Fall off the grid. Listen. Okay. Batman takes a shot to the freaking chest that pretty much knocks him unconscious. I want to make sure they're up. rated for at least 250 pounds. <laughs> there you go. Catwoman shows up, saves Batman's life, and then she's about to get killed. And that's where he hits the adrenaline. Venom. Or Venom. Yeah. Because here's a choice. When you're doing a realistic movie, right? We saw it in Kill Bill when she had this, when Uma Thurman stabbed herself or got stabbed with the adrenaline in the heart. It's like white. It's a syringe. They could easily have him pop out a syringe out of his belt, and it would have made sense in this world. But they chose to make it like a green, green. right? They made it fantastical. And yeah. I like how he had a port ready. Just, to, yeah. like, just in that case. was pretty dope. And there's a comic book called Batman Venom, where Bruce Wayne realized he's hit his physical limit and he can't keep up. So he pretty much starts juicing with this venom. Which he should. I don't know why you wouldn't if you were a superhero crime fighter. Of course Batman's on At least on HDH. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he does that and he goes into a violent rage. He almost kills this guy until like Gordon pulls him off. Even more reason for us to think it's Venom. Dude, they're setting up Bane here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they pull Batman off. Batman goes down and rescues the people. Um, he, he, he cuts the power line because they all about to get electrocuted. He falls down. He uses his uh, freaking flare and he, he, he rests. This is the first time we've seen Batman like really like, I'm just here to save people. There's no one else to punch. There's nothing else to do. I'm just going to guide you. And it's like he has become Batman and he's on the news helping people get out. And here's a weird thing, man. There's two times in this movie where we saw Batman in daylight. Yes. And it didn't feel weird. Like Dark Knight Rises, seeing him in the daytime fighting Bane felt weird. Why are you out during the day? But here it felt like maybe because Gotham is such trash and it's gray all the time. <laughs> it didn't feel weird. And watch him. We already saw in him in all these compromised positions. We saw him in these buildings in light. We, so yeah. we see him well lit in so many other settings that do feel weird. So when we see him in like uh, Dawn is breaking over the hill or it's you know, it yeah. it's like, and, yeah, wait, wait. and this movie didn't lean on to the urban legendness. It's like, no, he's a human and he's a detective. Well, it definitely did in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, when yeah. was urban legend. The shadows did it, but he was just a guy in a costume that walked out. Like he didn't descend from the sky with his wings flat like a bat. Like he didn't do fantastical things. He just walked. He was just. I walking. mean, when he when he first met the twins, they like, kind of scoffed at him like. Yeah, but but oh, that's like oh, the, your vengeance. But yeah. that's like the comics. Like not everyone in the comics is scared when they look at this guy. And like Batman, they in an animated series. I said like Bullock is like you're a freak. Like not every cop is like concerned. They said it. They the, the cop said it when he was walking to the crime yeah, scene. He's like you're you freaking freak. 
Yeah. Um, so Batman leads them out. He's on the news. They're talking about this, this vigilante in Gotham, the symbol of hope. And then we get, um, yeah, we have the crappy cameo. And then we get the Riddler is in jail, not Uh. understanding how this happened. And then he's talked to by someone that's like, ah, they're making you a clown. Made like, a clown out of you. Your, your problem is you want to be known. You want them to know your name. Well, he tells them a riddle. He says, you know, what do you? What's more valuable the less you have? It's like friends, and then that's a. I'll be your dude. friend. <laughs> I loved uh, it, and the actor they got doing it is is a fantastic actor. I thought yeah, it was he's dope. already in a superhero movie. He's in. So is everybody. Yeah, so but like, that's what's so lazy about this industry to me. It's like so really wait, wait, wait. So, so if you're so if you're in a superhero movie and you're a good actor and the director loves you, you can't use you because you've already. Ah, I think, yeah, let's just keep casting the same people in every other role possible. It's like forty superhero yeah. movies, so it's not like right. we're seeing the same people over and over again. And I guess we can get rid of Jeffrey Wright because he's also the Watcher. I guess we got to get rid of freaking Which? I mean, Zoe Kravitz because she was an X Men. I guess we got to get rid of freaking um. There's a lot. We we'd have to like What's recast Alfred too. We got rid of Andy Circus because you know yeah, he was he in Black everything. Panther. So yeah. we're like, what are we doing here? Is it yeah, a good right. movie? It's a good movie. I love that last part because I love that there's a serial killer in there. There's a proto Joker. There's a pre Joker that's already in there. His face is already scarred. Like I like that. There's something or like Gotham has an origin, and we're just jumping in at different points in time. Here's what I right. didn't like about the Joker being there. Everything what you just said is what I didn't like about it. What was stuff. the problem with the Joker being in the Batman? No mystique. So when this guy's go, going out, we there's already a, 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 the files and rap sheets, and we know this guy. No, we don't because we oh. don't. There's a serial killer in jail. He has yet. We don't know if he's taken on the Joker persona yet. We don't know any of that yet. But we know who he is. Do they? Yeah. How do you know that? They know something about him. He's there. He's John Doe. Maybe he's John Doe. No ID. No nothing. We, we He's in here because he's insane. This is in jail. It's an asylum. And one day he gets out inspired by, oh, you can just put on a mask. huh? Like, why, 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 why is this cheap? Why is this whack? I don't understand. Maybe it's right. maybe it felt that way because it's literally the same ending to Batman Begins. Which like is you guys couldn't find a better tag? No, because that's Batman Year One. It's like that's, that's my point. But that's the comic. It just felt cheap, man. To me, it felt cheap. Call me crazy. That's I fine. I don't agree. That's cool too. That's how it hit me. No, I literally rolled my eyes so hard. I've got gouges in my brain. If you roll your eyes, why? Because they have a slight introduction of the Joker in a Batman movie. Then I'm like, I don't know what movie you're watching. Nah, I just felt cheap to me. And like I, it was supposed to get me excited, right? The whole reason of that scene there. Ooh, it's so cool and exciting. Aren't you ready for the sequel? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. Matt all, Reeves never all. said that this Joker is going to be in the sequel. And I think that's them saying Gotham is vast and it's existed for a long time. And just because Batman hasn't met them yet, he's just gotten his nails dirty. Listen, honestly, I mm. wish they hadn't <laughs> cut the scene. I feel like that scene would have been nicer then. Uh, and it wouldn't have felt like a cheap tease to aren't you excited about the sequel? You know, I think it did, though. It, I think it proved. So when we saw the top of the joke, we saw him. He His hair was green. He was in the makeup. I think it gave us the 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 sight that, yes, the fantasy can work in this because he wasn't a more gritty Joker. He was the Joker Joker, over-the-top Joker Joker. So I was think he? it just, yeah. 
The way he was yeah. laughing, the way his makeup was. First of all, why does he have makeup in Arkham? He had makeup, or just like his face was too. Yeah, bad. I didn't see white. I saw. Just, I saw. I, saw, I thought I saw white. Yeah, was, Batman and Catwoman pretty much saying goodbye, yeah. and and I love that she said she's gonna might go to Bloodhaven. And then like, you have this. Yeah, that was honoring nice. it. They're honoring it, and but then you have this cheesy ass bike ride for two. Why is it cheesy? Listen, no, man. It's like, it's like, it's like, like the best. Furious. Come on, man. Did you boy, dig it? Boy, 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 boy. Rich, you said you dug it? I dug it. I dug it because for me, it was like, I don't need to end the movie with Batman standing on a rooftop looking at the city. It's like, like I, I'm, I'm, I, it was cool to watch these two run out of time, and yeah. the sun's going down. Didn't dust, that scene dust. happen before the Joker scene, though? The Joker scene was the last scene we saw. No, this, no, no, no. It ended with Batman on his motorcycle. Yeah, look, look looking oh, in his looking rear view. Looking through the rear view. Yeah, mad symbolism. What could have been and what's going to be ahead of him. Yo, so I don't know if y'all can tell. I love this movie, Chris. Love this, it. like, like this was my top five best superhero com- comic book movies. It's in my top five. Man. I put The Dark Knight above it. I do. The Dark Knight is brilliant, man. <laughs> this is great, but Jack, I, I put this over Batman Begins. I put this over Batman 89. That's real so Chris, this is better than Batman 89. <laughs> Sorry. I Batman 89, I, got, I, got, I have a hard time separating the, the nostalgia and no, the, you can separate it. You can separate it. This is a better movie than Batman 1989. And it's fair. It came out in 1989. Yeah, this movie okay. is fantastic. This, this movie beats cool. all the known, it beats the pants of all the known films. I'll tell you that right now. I'm better than Venom, though, huh? Venom. <laughs> Rich, where do you stand? Where do you stand? Oh, is it better than Venom? No, it's better no. than Venom. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. No. How, do you feel about, how do you feel about this movie? Uh, the movie's dope. Y'all enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoy it. It's going to be in my collection. Yes, I still collect DVDs from time to time, and uh, I plan on getting this. I hope Blu-ray. Jack? Blu-ray. Yes, Blu-ray. Whatever. Jack? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 70-30 on it, though. I wasn't, like, blown out of the water. doesn't make my top five best hero films of all time, but listen, I, I like the film. I love the texture of it. I really love the texture of it. I love uh, the tone, the chemistry, the acting's great. I just had some problems with uh, some of the storytelling values of it. That's fair. It wasn't perfect. I'm not gonna say it was perfect. Um, what I, I I loved it. Like I said, here's a couple more things I have in my notes. I love the time period. I love. It kind of reminded me of Batman the Animated Series, where it's obviously modern, but, but is it? But it's yeah. It, it lives in kind of like the Matrix, kind of like timeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah kind of world which i think is is pretty amazing um there's been like a lot of stuff online and it kind of annoys me about robert pattinson's physique i had like, a big problem with that you had a problem with it and a lot of people are kind of taking it to task and for me it's like he had a shirtless scene in here and he looked pretty freaking good he looks better than 80 percent of the wait can i say something? there's two there's two shirtless scenes there's a one where, where he gets into the shower and you see the scars his back looks pretty wide there's a second shirtless scene where he pushes the table and he's significantly skinnier. So I think they were shot one shot. Well, they were. They were shot different times. And he looks really skinny. And I had a hard time with that. But there's also a shot where he's facing the camera where he looks freaking good. I got a picture right here. It's gonna it's gonna go on the gram. I mean, dude looks pretty freaking good here, man. Yeah. He looks good. And and here's the thing. And I and, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but in Hollywood, if you see an actor who's never been ripped. 
in their whole life or career, and in a year show up shredded and jacked, most likely they took performance enhancing drugs. Nine times out of 10, most superhero movies you see, if they, like Jack Reacher, Alan Richardson, we go back to Smallville, dude's always been ripped and muscular. His whole career, he's always yeah. been muscular. He's always did you know, he, did you know he's tall? Well, he's tall. Yeah. I've heard he's tall. It's My like if is, you see Lawrence ripped in something, you know that he's basically been ripped his entire existence. Since I've, I was a kid. Yeah. I've been athletic since I was 18. So, But if you see an actor a year ago, not athletic at all, and then a year later has one of the best bodies in the industry, I don't know. So for Robert Pattinson to show up the way he did, I'm sure he had pressure to use stuff. I'm sure it was like, come on. And it's like, no, he did it the natural way. He looks like he doesn't put on a lot of size. He's naturally skinny. So it's like, what do you want this guy to do? He takes freaking steroids. He showed yes. up, he worked out. He made a, Chris, you're crazy. <laughs> Bruce Lee wasn't huge. Well, he could have done what Ben Affleck did. Ben Ben gave himself CGI abs for uh, Argo. <laughs> well, I'm happy they didn't do it. It wasn't necessary here. And honestly, he's not working out to look good with his shirt off. He's right. working out to punch things really and hard. Anyone who watches MMA, there's a difference between a fighter's body and a bodybuilder. Mm. Yes, of and course. M- and the, the MMA guys are not six-pack, oblique, shredded. No, they have fighter's bodies and they carry muscle, but it's for go. And like, just, just like people just getting on him for the way he looks. And it's to the point where it's like, this is stupid, guys. Your favorite Batman's Michael Keaton. Like, let's just stop here. And he's back in his, se- in his 70s. <laughs> so let's just stop here. But I thought the movie was dope, man. Uh, and here's a little bit of last bit of news. Apparently, it'll be on, April, uh, on HBO Max April 19th. 45 days. So I'm still going to have to get the hard copy. But for those of you who couldn't make it to the movies, pandemic, family, whatever, just know that in 45 days, you can watch it at home. And that's the Batman. Can I drop one thing? Yeah, you just did saw we, it. You, it's fresh for you. Yeah, did we talk about Hush? How they alluded oh, to Oh, Hush? wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. This is one thing. I, yeah, you're right. This is one thing I want to say. In this movie, they set up a world of sequels and one of them is the reporter's name is edward elliott and then they show the article on it was written hush Hush. for those who don't know in the comic books hush's name is thomas elliott and he pretty much targets bruce wayne slash batman because he believes he ruined his life and it's a pretty it's like one of his most personal stories like a guy his friend from childhood dismantle try to destroy his life right actually be a pretty dope sequel because if he believes that you're, you got my father killed, your parents got my father killed when he was investigating your mother. Hush. And the answer would have been yes. Yes, he did. And them setting up Gotham and setting up this underground and everything's connected also feels Court of Owls, too. I was going to say Court of Owls would be a great sequel. Court for of Owls. You got this Court- is the nice world for that. Yep. I mean, obviously, we got the Penguin. They're setting up the Joker. Catwoman is still around. They didn't kill off the Riddler. Like, they're all still there. Which also, is good. I like that. Me talk about like Martha Wayne, who's Martha Ar- Arkham. She's had mental issues. Who treated her? You can bring in Hugo Strange. Like you can bring in a lot. You can bring in the whole world. Yep. He has the, the, the Bruce Wayne has certain pieces of tech. Where is he getting it from? Where did he get the venom from? You can bring in freaking Bane. Mm-hmm. Like, like the world's open. The world's more open in this movie without being over the yeah. top, I guess, for the exception of the Joker scene for you, Jack, that really allows almost everything in, which makes this very different than the Nolan and, and like I said, it's stylized enough where I ain't going to be angry seeing 
someone like Grundy or Croc or something. I'm like, I, I already kind of buy it. The whole thing is open. And last thing before we got to get out of here, we're going to get recommendations is, like I said, by him using Gordon, by him needing help, this might be the first movie where they do Robin right. Yeah. Like we might get a Robin. And if they're looking for a Robin to cast, cast that little from Euphoria. Yes, Javon. Yo. Yo. And he's a boxer, so his fight scenes will probably be off the hook. Yo. He's also like a ripped little kid. Like, yeah, what a great, great choice. If he was his Robin, and yes. it's like, I don't want this kid to fight alongside me, but if I don't, yeah. he's going to be fighting me. He's gonna be oh, he's going to go kill him. He's going to get himself killed. He's going to get himself killed, or, or, or he's going to grow up to be Yo. a problem. Lawrence. Dude. Yes. I saw, I was watching Euphoria. I'm like, yo, this, this kid. kid. And he's edgy, man. He feels yeah. like everything Bruce Wayne wasn't. Like he's from the streets. Yep. Yeah. And it's what Bruce needs. Oh, man. Yes. Chris, do we have some recommendations? We do have some recommendations. So we know Batman was a modern day film noir. So I, I picked some good, not necessarily superhero movies, but good film noir movies that you guys, you like the tone. Not necessarily superhero, but you like the tone. He's what you should check out. 30 seconds or less. There we go. Number five, John Wick. Enough said. Four, Heat. Three, No Country for Old Men. Two, Sin City. Very I'm sorry, good. was wait, No wait, Country wait, for Old Men a war? Yeah, they had, it, they had it classified as a film noir. Oh, okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Sin City, very on-the-nose film noir. And then, the, and then the last one I have, not, not in any particular order, but Drive. You want to see Ryan, Ryan what's-his-face, look out the window a lot and be... Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> Watch drive, but yeah, it's kind of the same vein. Film they call it neo noir. These are that, so check it out. Also, you know, uh, if you liked, if you like this, go and you haven't seen Seven, you're probably maybe kind of young. Go watch Seven. It's actually good pretty good. Heavily inspired this movie. With one minute left, let me just show my. My uh, collector's quarter thing. Oh, you missed it. You better see if it. No, I'm joking. Yeah, but you, you edited <laughs> it in or no? Let's see, let's see it. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got this collector's quarter. I got the, this Goku statue. Oh, that's dope. Oh, that's I thought, sick. So I never show anything anime. So I was hoping. I think Rich would appreciate it. Yeah. Showing uh, was it Kamehameha, Rich? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty that dope. Was, yeah. That's that's dope. Dope. That's well, that's it. I know it's a long podcast, but it's freaking the Batman. What are we gonna do? We gotta go at it. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Follow, like, leave a review. We're also on YouTube, Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're on Instagram, Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. Dropping stuff every single day. We'll see you same bat time, same bat channel. Peace.